Yep. Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Uh, I mean, I guess I am again, since Simon's fucking dead. Huzzah. <laughs> well, Simon hasn't even been born yet. It's 1985. Uh, uh, mm, true. True. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I, I... How long have I been on the train, then, for? <laughs> I've been on the train longer than um, Amelia, I guess. Or as long Who's as to say, we have always been in the podcast car. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, you didn't realize we were denizens this whole time? Hmm. I don't, I don't, I guess, I guess we fit more as denizens than, uh, than passengers, I suppose. <laughs> well, we'll only be able to make this, this kind of jokes uh, another four times after today. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of jokes, we can only make a limited number of times. It's new book day, huh? Huh? Yeah. Hey, it's the best part of the month. <laughs> uh, normally only a thing we say on the other show. True. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, books instead of seasons means we get to do that. So, yazah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But for real, how's your week, Ben? How's it going? Uh, it's been a little bit weird. Um... I got into this a little bit on our Discord itself that we're on, you know, the one where we mostly chat, and, like, uh, mm-hmm. basically as it is, I'm not going to get into the full details of it, because, you know, it's kind of a personal thing and all, but, uh, long story short, uh, basically yesterday, I got back from a short trip in Pennsylvania, because I wanted to at least, you know, thank my mom for how much she's helped, especially this year, let alone just overall. So basically, I went there because she told me before at times that her husband has done much better and learned stuff. So I was like, okay, let me give him an actual chance to prove that he can do better. And then he just uh, threw that in the trash. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so. To be fair, he didn't get name or pronouns wrong, but that's also because he didn't use any name or pronouns at all and didn't really speak at all best like that first day. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got there at 3 in the afternoon. He waited until, like, right before bedtime to try to talk, and it's like, do you, Donis, do you think that this is, like, the right time that you would do this? You should have thought of this earlier. And it's like, yeah, it was just a freaking entire non-apology. Like, no, can look at me in the eye for more than, like, three seconds. Just the whole nine yards of me being like, as I was telling, talking to my mom afterwards, because she was talking to me in my well, the guest room and everything, being like, well, the whole point of this was, like, either A, I was going to be proven right, or B, I would be pleasantly surprised. So, it's like, the thing that pissed me off more was the fact he waited longer than I acted exactly as I expected. So, yeah, whatever. So, we were like, whatever, fuck it. The two of us will hang out uh, on Saturday. Well, not Saturday. I'm getting the dates all wrong. <laughs> this was only, I drove out Monday, came back Wednesday, because I had my electrolysis Wednesday. So, it's like, I was only there for, like, essentially, like, not even a whole two days overall. Really? But, like, you know, we basically just hung out Tuesday. We, like, we went clothes shopping because I wanted to get, like, some more, like, uh, more, like, professional kind of tops in order for, like, use for, like, interviews and stuff because I didn't really have a whole lot. And also, part of me is still, like, I don't know what classifies as, like, an interview slash office appropriate tops for ladies' clothes, really. <laughs> because, you know, kind of didn't wear a lot of them for a long time up until, like, about a year and a half ago. So, we went... We, we would always basically go whenever we went camping in Pennsylvania growing up. It was always like a thing where it's like, 
us as idiot kids were like, oh, we want to go to Vasquez, because Vasquez is basically just an apartment store, but it's the one that we didn't have in New York. Turns out there's actually a few Vasquez <laughs> here in Connecticut, go figure. <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those things where it's like we'd always go there, especially because also like around the time when I was like 10 or so, they were, the store was like one of the places that you could be assured to find Tamagotchis. Yeah. So that's why we liked them, because people are telling us kind of dumb. <laughs> but, yeah, we did that, and then, like, we pretty much had planned on, like, going to Knobles, our, our good friend that, uh, <laughs> ever, if people listening to this remember, uh, has a chipmunk for a mascot. Definitely not a hamster. <laughs> I mean, you can say that as much as you want, but biology doesn't lie. <laughs> And yes, I have taken the supervillain position on this one. Thanks for making me do that. <laughs> I mean, we did find, uh, like, plushy toys at Cosmo there, and I did take a picture of it just to be like, Yay, it's our boy! It's Cosmo! And then, like, <laughs> you immediately responded with the, like, loose hissing thing from episode 3. Which is receding into the abomination cauldron or whatever. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. the thing, right? It's because the, the plushy, like, even you must admit, that looks even less like a chipmunk yeah, than yeah. the regular drawing. But also, that's like you're trying to, tra- again, you're trying to translate, like, a 2D drawing into a plushie. It's always going to look a little bit different, obviously. I don't know how to tell you this, but chipmunks are generally 3D. <laughs> not out, well, no, I was about to say, not out of chipmunks, but it's like, no, the last few out <laughs> chipmunks have been terrible CGI bullshit things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we at least got confirmation from when I was there that Creeper, which for some reason the site spells a Creeper, like the Minecraft Creeper is spelled with a K, actually, is a pumpkin. Which is This is certainly true. Yeah, so it's like, at least we got that, and it's like, that would, <laughs> that would be the only thing that would make sense. If it wasn't a pumpkin, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but we basically went there mostly because like, we just like, like walking around and like look at the museums and stuff. We looked in some of the shops and uh, found like a few things, like especially like one of the things that like that I got was a uh, it's a keychain, like a like wire frame like tree and everything, and it uses like little like gemstones as the uh, what's called as the leaves. Yeah, you know, like they kind of like mm-hmm. that's not like gemstone gemstone. It kind of looks like gemstone, but isn't really. Yeah. Just because it's like an eight dollar thing at a gift shop at a you know amusement park. <laughs> Yeah, so we went there, we had we got the good pierogies and the good tritators, and I realized at some point we were having potatoes with potatoes for lunch. We're <laughs> doing that. Uh, and we got the good white spurs beer, and then we uh, we played the little mini golf they have there, because we had played it only once before, ever. We never played it as kids for some reason. I think it's because it would still be, like, even though it's like $5 a person now, I guess it would be like 25 for the five of us if we did that, so they just didn't want to do that because it's not part of, like, the park condition. It's, like, a separate thing. <laughs> but we did that, and we forgot, like, oh, God, this this mini-golf course is fucking difficult. <laughs> it's fucking brutal for the fact, the fact that it's in the amusement park that kind of skews more just, like, a, like, younger audience a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, but, like, we, we basically mm. just hung out there. We walked around. We saw some stuff. Did the mini golf? I I won by five points. I was still way over par, but I won. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we we got back. We got we had dinner and everything. We had to go back out to Bosco's because one of the uh, assets I got was like a little bit. It's like it fit, but it was like a little snug. So we were like, let's go return it for the for the larger size because it was like more fun like a like misses section, like basically like uh, juniors kind of deal rather than lady section. So. I was like, oh, medium. 
in lady sizes usually fits me, so it was just like, oh, this one's just a little bit small because it's a little tight. Mm-hmm. So we got a different one, and then we basically just like hung out, played like some board games or whatever that evening, and then I headed back early Wednesday. So it's like, it was a weird mixed bag because it's like he was just kind of always there, just making things awkward. But we intentionally were like, we're gonna be out of the house for most of that day anyway. We'll ditch him. <laughs> We'll make the most of it, even if he's going to be a shit. So, whatever. Yeah, but it's like, that was originally that was originally planned to happen for closer to Thanksgiving, which, now I'm glad I didn't have to spend even longer out there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know. And, uh, basically it got changed around because uh, I'm going to go to, like, a friend's for Thanksgiving because they, like, recently started trying to, like, talk to their mom about some gender stuff, and... She more or less said, like, oh, yeah, well, you should not transition because you won't look like a girl or anything. And it's like, you being like, good, that's definitely not you say to your kid. That's the worst. <laughs> so basically, our, like, I offered to my friend, like, hey, do you want, like, you know, it's like a case of, like, they had had some friends come over for Thanksgiving before, so it's not like it's, like, the most different thing if I just kind of crash in a sense. But it was just like, I, I was like, hey, I, I'd be willing to come there. This way, she can actually like see a person who's been on hormones longer and <laughs> be well. Be, aside from like family stuff, be relatively happy about it. So maybe it'd help her out. And they're like, okay, yeah, if, if you're willing to drive like seven hours, <laughs> come by for that, and then drive seven hours back the next day. So yeah, we're doing that instead of me having to go to Pennsylvania at that point and basically be like, this is gonna be fucking awkward for three days straight, more or less there. So yeah, okay, yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that's that's kind of all I've really done recently. I'm not really played games necessarily, so <laughs> yeah, it's been like a bit of a strange one. But you know, overall, at least we made the most of that trip. For sure. Um, I haven't been playing games either, uh, on account of I've started a new phase of my job, which is to say that I'm doing the work from home stuff now and not having to go to the office. Which is great. I love it. Uh, the thing is, is that I work four-hour shifts, and I figured, you know, what's the best way to keep track of a four-hour shift? Uh, watching a four-hour movie. So I've spent the entire week watching uh, the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions. Oh boy. <laughs> Those are so oh long. <laughs> they're so, they're so long. I don't think I've ever gotten through all three of those. I can't imagine why. The girlies love it when the horn of Helmhammer hand sounds in the deep one last time. <sighs> oh boy. I, I think I got through the first two, because I distinctly remember at one point I was trying to watch before our version of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Return of the King. Because at some <laughs> point I remember, like, you know, watching it, watching it, and then like, all of a sudden I was like, how did, wait, when did it jump ahead to, like, Ministerial Gang Attack by Tarrant? Oh, I guess I fell asleep. Maybe I should turn this off. I, I never <laughs> went back to it. <laughs> Because, again, I was trying to watch it at, like, in the evening and all, and it's, it's so long. <laughs> this was also, I, to be fair, like, over, well over a decade ago. I had not seen those movies in a while. I mean, I guess that's fair, but I don't know. I don't know how anyone can sleep through it, but I don't... It. It's because it's so long! <laughs> yeah, but the thing where the last Lord of Rivendell moves out of courtesy for a daughter he loves but is doomed to die, and so he reforges the sword that once was into Anduril, the Flame of the West, so that uh, the last of the line of Numenor can reclaim his spot as the one true king? Like, come on. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to be rude, that would be funny. 
Of course. Yeah, it's no, a podcast. No, I, I know, yeah, no, I know what you're going for there. I know what that scene is. It's Elrond giving uh, Aragorn the sword. Like, I, I know that. That's in just the main version, though. That's not the extended stuff. I, for, I fully forget the extended stuff. The line I, remains unbroken. <laughs> like, it, I, isn't, like, the extended... From what I recall, like, the extended version of Two Towers, isn't that just, like, a lot of more scenes of, like, Merry and Pippin hanging out with Treebeard as he just goes around being like, Oh, the ants take very long to do stuff. Shut up. <laughs> Let us talk. <laughs> I am going to be completely honest with you. I don't know the difference between the extended and the normal versions because I only watch the extended ones. Oh, okay. Because, like, I, I know, like, obviously, like, they don't have any other, like, uh, Myanmar, like, wizards or whatever in those. Because I remember, like, is it Radagaster's in the Hobbit movies? Pretty yeah, sure. that's Radagast. Yeah, I was pretty sure. I didn't think that there were any of the other ones that are in there. Obviously, besides, like, Saruman and Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> now, it's like, I mean, you could, like, say any number of scenes, and I would be like, right, there you might be in those? But also, again, like, like I said, it's been, like, well over a decade since I watched any Lord of the Rings. <laughs> including Hobbit, because I only saw a Hobbit, uh, I saw that actually on Christmas Day back when they released back in, uh, 2012. Like, it was like, I went there with my roommate at the time and his girlfriend. And then I never saw any other ones, because The Hobbit sucks. <laughs> at least the movie yeah, does. it's bad. Yeah, it looked good. The movie sucks. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. The first one isn't horrible, but it's not a great adaption. Yeah, it's like, it was the like... the last two just go so far off yeah, the rails. Yeah, it was like, it's fine, like, basically, but it's like, also like... Yeah, they end with, like, being saved by the eagles, and again, it always brings up the question of, like, why did the eagles not just fly them all the way? What's up with the eagles? <laughs> well, it's because the Lord of the Eagles wouldn't allow them to be used for transport, so basically, they are a proud and noble race, and also okay. they only owe Gandalf X number of rides, so... Okay, so they're, like, it's like them being like, look, we'll only get you out of hairy situations, this way you don't die, and that's it. And meanwhile, like, after they save uh, Bilbo and the dwarves, like, they're, they're talking to Gandalf, being like, Gandalf, remember, like, this means we only got one left. You gotta make sure you use that at a good time, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, think I'll... of it like a bus pass, but it's for eagles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got his book of tickets from Kenobles, and he only has enough for one more ride, and it's like, well, I, I only yeah. have, like, $2 left. I gotta pick what's best. <laughs> Which, $2 doesn't get you anything really good uh, to ride in Kenobles anymore. <laughs> the Phoenix is four fifty now. It used to be, like, 2 bucks max when I was a teenager. Now it ain't. Yeah, well, I feel like the Eagles should have charged him three or four uh, pickups for that last one, because not only I mean, did yeah, they fly they're... into a flying, mm -hmm. uh, exploding volcano, they also fought the Nazgul to get there. Yeah, like, it's like, at that point, it's like, look, my guy, you owe us, actually, now. <laughs> like, we fought some <laughs> yeah, fucking, sure. like, wyverns of some sort and also flew near lava. Yeah, yeah, you're now dead to us. <laughs> and, then, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's, like, that's fair, yeah, totally, uh-huh. Frodo, we gotta get the fuck out of we gotta get the fuck out of Middle Earth. Let's go across the sea. Let's go. We gotta get out. I don't have anything to give these birds. <laughs> <laughs> like Gandalf trying to just like flee from like debt collectors essentially in Middle Earth, but like just for favors and not even money. It's just a very funny premise in my mind. Man, it's really messed up how in the deep halls beneath Khazad-dûn and Mithrandir, the uh, the bearer of the flames of Anor had to strike down the uh, 
evil of the ancient earth known as Durin's Bane, and got promoted to be the one true Saruman because Saruman had betrayed the Middle Earth and they needed a white wizard, and then he just kind of booked it immediately after. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what a lot of that is. <laughs> uh, that's Gandalf fighting the Balrog. Okay, I, I was like, I was like, kind of sure because that's when he becomes Gandalf the White and all, because you know it's like a like angel wizard or whatever. He just basically doesn't die because like he just pop, he just popped out the earth like fully formed, right? That's what Myanmar basically. Uh, Mayar, more My, or less, Mayar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, when when the Stormcrow and the villain of Morgoth fell for three days and nights and finally landed upon the highest peak of the lowest mountain. See, this, and this, I, this I know. You're, you're not upon. following the fast one on me. I know this. Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember, I remember uh, Gandalf's voice, uh, actor, whose name is escaping me, that he was like, yeah, I fell for three days and uh, got into the highest peak. I remember that. You put the uh, fast one on me there. I didn't. I wasn't trying to. I didn't change the subject or anything. I was continuing the conversation. <laughs> but yes, no. It, it's just immensely funny to me that he got a promotion because the angels needed a white wizard, and then he took off like two days later. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 very uh, big energy. Just like when I uh, when I basically had to like get relocated to a different school in J- <laughs> my Japan job because I was the only one that was done with the training, and it's like, who do we have who's available? Uh. I guess Gandalf gets this. <laughs> Why the I'm fuck exaggerating not? a little bit. It was more like a few months, but still. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like he's like, I, I think they kind of glossed over that in the movie, but it's like, yeah, it has been like a bit since uh, the Minds of Moria stuff when like he rejoins up with the others, right? He joins. Uh, it's about a week or two. Yeah, it's not that long. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, it's also just like I actually, mean, you know what? It's not even that long because uh, Boromir and Gimli, or not Boromir, uh, Aragorn and Gimli and uh, Legolas all chase the orcs for three days and nights without resting. Right. And then about the fourth day, halfway through the fourth day, they find the orcs slaughtered corpses, and then they march into the forest for a few hours, and that's where Gandalf is. Right. So yeah. it, it's like four and a half days. Well, tops. well, I mean, like, there's also like some amount of time between like when they leave Moria and go to like the elves where Galadriel is, and then go sent off on That's their true, boats yes. and stuff. So it's like, that could be like a week or two of time that they're just glossing over. Cause like, I guess. For like, they only spent one night in Galadriel's um, keep, though. Yeah, that's true. But like, for my recollection, like, doesn't uh, doesn't Frodo's narration at the end say that it's like basically like 11 months or so from the time they left 15. the Shire to when they get back? Okay, yeah. So it's like, definitely more time than it looks like in the show. Not the show, the movies and all. But it's also yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're never like saying like, oh yeah, it's it's day two hundred and thirty seven, Mister Frodo, or anything like that. <laughs> like it's not it's not like Sam has like a fucking calendar that he's like writing like in and like using like a bit of like chalk or whatever he has to be like, yep, okay, I know what day it is. Yeah, well, it's Middle no, Earth Christmas, not... Mister Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be Middle Earth Christmas. I don't know. Does Middle Earth have like a Christmas equivalent or some like nondescript winter holiday kind of deal? Uh, probably, but I don't know what it is because I'm sure that's in one of the uh, bits of esoterica that I haven't memorized. Yeah. Like the only holiday I know in particular from Lord of the Rings is Durin's Day, and I just know that because it was a bit of the trivia from I'm actually over on Cop Out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Wait, hold up. Mm-hmm. The only reason you know Durin's Day is because of I'm actually. 
again, not because that's look, the again, day that the secret been, passage into the Underhill under the mountain opens. It's been at least a decade, if not closer to maybe 15 nurse years since I've watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I remember that's how they get in when the light shines in it. I didn't remember it was a particular day or anything. I remember him saying, like, what's the other word for friends? And that's how they open up. And it's like, yeah, it's Gandalf just overanalyzing this fucking door. And, you know, Frodo's like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm clueless to how the world works. Maybe this is what you do. Uh, excuse you. That is the door into Casa Dune. The door I'm referring to is the one that leads into Erebor beneath the mountain. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to a simple pod into Mordor, everybody. Welcome back to the Lord of Rings podcast. <laughs> At least it's not Tom Bombadil this time. <laughs> There's gotta be, like, a podcast called, like, A Simple Pond in the Mordor or something, right? <laughs> uh, there was definitely a YouTube series called A Simple Walk to Mordor oh, yeah, by yeah, uh, Rooster Teeth. Yeah, I remember that. That's what I was, like, intentionally thinking of in terms of, like, a name for, like, a Lord of the Rings podcast. And that just off my head. So I was trying to not just basically do a permutation, like, a different, like, word for walk there. Well, I, I googled the simple pod into mortar, and I don't see anything coming up with a podcast there. So I think we gotta, I think we gotta snipe this name before this episode goes out, <laughs> just in case. Uh, yeah, all right, sure. Uh, I you am, set up the Twitter, and I'll set up the I, extra I, Patreon I, I level. Am, I'm definitely not doing another podcast. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, listen, I can barely edit two as it is. If we added another one, we would need to hire an editor. <laughs> With all of our money, <laughs> like it's like they, we can't be able to pay a person using just the money we get from the Patreon, really at that point. Like, <laughs> okay, apparently there's like a six-day festival called the Yuletide uh, in Middle Earth, which is based, I guess, the closest they have to Christmas in that sense. Yeah, in the Shire, midwinter and the New Year, we're celebrating the six-day festival called the Yuletide, that was known as a time of feasting and celebration. But it's like. Do they need to specify that in terms of the hobbits? The hobbits find any fucking excuse to eat, like, six meals and get drunk off their asses and get high. <laughs> I mean, that's every day, so Yeah, that's every know. that's every day in the Shire. <laughs> what, is, what is the difference of Yuletide? Is it them just basically being like, right, here's, we're, we're gonna have the crazy fucking sex orgy or whatever as well, and this to celebrate. I don't know. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> They're always getting drunk and high as hell in, those seri- in that series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hobbits have it good. Mm-hmm. And, and seemingly not many of them really work <laughs> all that much. Like, like, like I know, like uh, Sam is like a gardener or something, and he seems to be the only one that actually has a job there besides like millers and stuff. Brother? I count seven meals, by the way. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, breakfast, second breakfast, eleven z's, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, and but- supper. Isn't, so. isn't one of those created just for the movies, though? Like, I feel like in the books it was six. I don't believe that's the case. I thought I heard this at some point, too, that they, like, made, like, one or two more for the sake of the joke. When Was it Merry or Pippin doing that? I, I never remember which one's which. <laughs> um, I mean, I could tell you if I were looking, but just, like, saying one of them made a joke tells me nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, at Google, what are you doing? I, I typed in meals hobbits have. One of those people also asked, what are the six hobbit meals? Hobbit meal times. Breakfast, second breakfast, elevenses, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. That is seven, Google. That's not six. <laughs> 
I think the issue is that sometimes dinner and supper are, like, not the same thing, so or, you or can maybe, have both of them or one or the other. Maybe they don't count afternoon tea as, like, a meal? Because, like, tea, like, like, having, like, a tea time, at least I'm thinking in terms of, like, you know, Britain and stuff like that, it's really just more, like, maybe, like, some little minor kicks and pastries or whatever with tea. So it's not, like, a whole meal, it's yeah. just, like, a snack, essentially. I don't know. We've talked. We've <laughs> talked a lot about orderings already. Somehow. <laughs> hey. Oh right, because you said you were watching it at your job, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my job, which is in my bedroom. <laughs> but like, that's only three days of the work week, essentially. If you watch three of, the, there's only three extended cut movies. Uh huh. And. So you're just watching them on repeat throughout the entire day. <laughs> like. Is there a reason I wouldn't? <laughs> Cause you might go like insane. I said, I do four-hour shifts. Yeah, and, uh, movies are four hours, so it tells me when to stop working. Yeah, but like, you, if you watch all three, like you would think you want to take a break and not watch it again. I don't understand the question. I mean, you did say <laughs> that you watched the movie like three times in the course of like four days or whatever. When it's like five, five. Okay, close. <laughs> I watched it because I rewatched it to do it for our show, and then again with my partner. So yeah, like I, I watched it once just on my own, and then once with the show itself. And then, funny enough, when I got there, like, a big uh, thing is that, like, uh, I was trying to also figure out how to get the movie to my mom, basically. So I was like, oh, I'll put it on the USB stick. We'll try to just get it that way. So, like, worst case scenario, she was watching her computer. But then, basically, they have one of those, like, stupid Amazon Fire stick light things. It had, like, a stupid long name, where it's basically just an Amazon, like, like, on-demand box that plays so many fucking commercials that are all the goddamn same. Literally played like the same four like four times during the course of like a like twenty two minute long game show or whatever. It played the same commercial for like batteries that have like a uh bittering agent so you don't swallow them, like the switch cartridge. Played that same thing four <laughs> fucking times. I'm like this is this is hell. But like uh it has like a USB slot on the back. And I tried all I could, but basically that seemed like it's only to expand the storage because it seemed like it only had eight gigs of storage on it for like saving <laughs> episodes. But then I found out that her TV has a USB slot on the back. So I was like, oh, well. what if I just do this? Plugged it in, worked just fine. <laughs> Didn't need, like, I was like thinking like, oh, okay, I'm also going to have to get like VLC video player or whatever on the the Amazon thing. Because I'd have to, I'd have to do for my computer to get the version that you provided to me uh, to work and all. But yeah, that worked just fine. And then my mom was like, oh, watch it later tonight. I was like, I, I, I already watched it like twice in the last couple of days. <laughs> I won't pass. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, I wanted her to be able to watch it because it's a good clear you know. But it's like, I was like, I, I can't watch it again. It's too soon. <laughs> well, uh, I can't say I get it, but all right. Uh, I mean, it's mostly <laughs> that, like, I just don't want to, like, burn out on it is the thing. Says the person who definitely watched the Avalanche finale like at least like four or five times and we beat them to mm-hmm. another soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's why tomorrow I'll be watching Samwise the Brave storm the tower at Sirith Ungle. <laughs> is that, um. Is that when he goes to like uh, get Frodo away from the orcs after he gets hit by Shelob's G- venom or something? It surely is. Okay, I was like trying to think of like him storming a tower, and like oh, there's really no tower he goes to. The second one, 
Yeah, they really underplayed that in that move in the movie version. Like, it's, it's there's a whole sequence in the book of him disguising himself as an orc and doing basically a hitman thing as he's trying to move through the tower to find Frodo. Sam, and they just kind of he walked up the stairs. Sam uh, is sneaking around as Agent Forty Seven knocks out an orc, takes his clothes, has like eight cans of expired pasta sauce that he's using to murder them by just tossing it halfway across mm-hmm, the room. Mm-hmm. And they also left out the bit where he finds Frodo by singing Country Rose at him. <laughs> in the books or in the extended cut? In the books. Well, I mean, that's in the books, and it's not in either version of the movie. Because he's, he's storming the tower, and he doesn't know where Frodo is, and he starts to despair, and so he's just singing a song from his hometown. And even, like, poisoned and half-dead and delirious, Frodo cannot help himself from singing back when he gets to the chorus, so... Okay, maybe I was getting mixed up a little bit, thinking that they were singing the, like, Country Roads, Take Me Home, West Virginia song. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, yes. Fucking, why is that in the lore of Lord of the Rings? It's not literally, but that's what happens. West Virginia doesn't exist there. No, it doesn't. But when you get to the, 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 the verse, no one cannot go Country Roads at the top of their lungs, and that's how Sam found Frodo. So it's part of the actual lyrics, it's just a way different song, but Country Roads is It's there. an entirely different song, it's not that song at all. Okay. <laughs> but it still has Country Roads kind of part, that's it, the refrain still? <laughs> I mean, it's the refrain that you have to sing along to, because that's just how it works, but it's not that at all, no. Okay. <laughs> well then. Okay, maybe that was too much, too deep of a joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I, I own those books. I got them back when the movies were releasing because I wanted to actually try to read them. And I think I brought this up before at one point that I got to when they introduced uh, Tom Bombadil, and it's like me being like, he, it's just like eight pages of him singing, and I can't fucking deal. <laughs> I, I don't understand. He loves his hot wife. I, I get he, he get he loves his hot elf wife, and who doesn't? But still. <laughs> I couldn't read through that. Maybe again, like I, I, I should try some audiobooks, and maybe I can get through it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. <sighs> Either way, um, I have successfully managed to get us to talk about Lord of the Rings for twenty minutes, so I'm happy. <laughs> uh. And that's what matters. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners are, but I sure am. <laughs> or our listeners are at the least entertained by me slowly being killed by this. <laughs> uh, I, I'm overreacting. You don't that. like it when the beacons are lit and Gondor calls for aid? No, no, that's answer. a fucking sick scene. That's cool. I get, I like that. I'm just saying, like, I don't need all this extra Lord of the Rings lore. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, again, you're using a bunch of words, like, you're basically giving, like, all the proper names and background and stuff, and I'm like, I know what you're referring to, I just don't remember them using all that in the movies to give all that context, which I feel like... I mean, it's to... all there. Yeah, but also, I don't remember I mean, except it. for the sing-along, unfortunately, but... <laughs> uh, well, if they ever actually remade Lord of the Rings in this modern day, it's, he would definitely be singing something like Smash Mouth instead. <laughs> I don't want them to remake it. Yeah, no, yeah, they, I don't know how, I mean, I guess they would have to just, like, tweak things to try to, like, make it, I mean, it's basically, like, they would have to just try to retell it and give it its own spin on things, but it's like, I mean, to my recollection, it's like, 
nobody really associated with those movies was revealed to be like a shitbag or anything, right? Not that I know of. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, the only big thing that people remember about, like, anything going on with the actors is the fact that everyone's actor, like, broke his toe, came in the helmet and all. Well, yeah, you have to say that every time it's the law. Well, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, because it's just, like, I don't want to say it's a, kind of a funny thing, but it's, like, it's, again, like, being like, oh, yeah, his whole reaction when he falls down is just his reaction to, oh, shit, I broke my foot. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, him, not, just, not just Aragorn screaming in anguish about the fact that he thinks Merry and Pippin are dead. <laughs> but you don't, if you don't know that context, <laughs> then it's just like, okay, it's just Aragorn being really upset about these two hobbits that he's known for like two weeks yeah. being dead. <laughs> Compared to... It's also why you have to say every time that uh, almost all of the Rohirrim are women, despite Eowyn's plot being that she's a woman and not allowed to fight, because they just needed whoever could ride a horse in armor, and in New Zealand that was mostly women. <laughs> Oh yeah, I do. I do remember this now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or how they had a dedicated chainmail corps who just sat there for weeks at a time making chainmail for all those orcs. <laughs> and that person was Patch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, if only. Yeah. Uh, I I actually probably don't wish that. That sounds like a carpet. Yeah, no, situation. that sounds like that would actually be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Like, you, you you do your little chainmail stuff as just, like, a hobby for fun kind of deal. Like, sometimes you, like, try to sell some of it, but it sounds like, for the most part, you do it just because it's enjoyable. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of like me. I would not object to it being a business, but I'm not enough of a business person to make that my primary yeah. living, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like, for me, like, uh, building Gundam models. It's like, yeah, it's just a thing that, like, keeps you distracted for a little bit. It's just a fun thing to just be like, yeah, I clipped out these little pieces and now I have a cool robot. Because yeah. also I finally, <laughs> I finally opened up my like 20 something, like 27 year old kit of Epion that was still sealed that I got from like a family friend like a few years ago and I decided to build Epion. The most fucking 90s edge <laughs> Gundam possible from Gundam Wing. <laughs> Yeah, it was like that's like. I can't believe you have outmaneuvered me and taken it back to Gundam. You win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> my my nerdy shit is more uh, recent than your nerdy shit. Or say to be fair, I mean like I don't remember anybody talking about Rings of Power, but like everybody was talking about uh, the Gate Gundam series that finished. <laughs> yeah, well, Rings of Power is Rings of Power. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, as it's a problem. Like, just, like, uh, like one-two punches, just, like, fucking stinker spin-offs with that and, like, House of the Dragon, huh? They both release around the same time and <laughs> nobody fucking talks about them because it's like, yeah, nobody really cares. Nobody cares about Amazon Lord of the Rings or more Game of Thrones that tables with the house that has just a big history of all the incest ever. <laughs> I might eventually someday get around to watching Amazon Lord of the Rings, but I want to know for sure whether it's going to get finished first, because I can also see yeah. them canceling it after yeah, a season or two. Yeah, I mean, how many shows that air these days actually do get a season two, to be fair, really? They yeah, keep for fucking sure. canceling a bunch of shit and then purging it from the internet. Yeah, there have been orders put in for seasons two and three of that, so that sounds good, but orders doesn't mean anything because yeah. movie producers will make 80% of a project and then kill it these days. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and not everybody actually gets a second chance with like another company taking it over to finally put it out there. 
In fact, I would suggest uh, this Amazon Lord of the Rings show absolutely will not get a second chance if it gets cancelled. It costs a truly ridiculous amount of money to make. Yeah. I don't think anyone but Amazon could afford to make it. Yeah, that's true. But also, I mean, it's like, they they can afford that, but Jeff Bezos can't afford to pay people, huh? Just like Disney can't uh-huh. afford to pay writers to support the strikers, everybody. Yeah, yeah, support it. Actually, well, I don't know. It's like, I was going to say something, but this is going up six weeks from now, so it doesn't, like... Yeah, I probably know this, the strike might be over, because, like, it really just reads a lot, like, like companies like Disney know they're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, The Ring of Power is the most expensive television series ever made. Every episode has a budget of about $58 million. Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, yes. hey, uh, Amazon, do you want to give you just, like, a small percentage of that to, like, every, like, trans person in the world instead? <laughs> more um, more benefit can come from that than what you're doing with that shit. Uh, apparently, when you add in marketing budget and the uh, 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 cost of licensing The Lord of the Rings, it's actually more like $90 million per episode. Uh, so... Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so much money going to something nobody cares about the first season of this show cost 715 million dollars was it was it only like eight episodes long i think so yes <laughs> that's, that's too much fucking money it really really is <laughs> okay um I'm done talking about this show that we haven't watched. Um, <laughs> would you like to talk about a show that we did watch? We probably should, yeah. Especially because at this point I'm just looking at this really big picture of a really big ferret. <laughs> Look at that big boy, <laughs> he's so big! <laughs> Such a big ferret. <laughs> that sure is a big ferret. It's like two feet long. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, new book day. Uh, today we are talking about the beginning of Infinity Train, book four. My episode is book four, episode one, The Twin Tapes. It's wrong. I don't like it. It doesn't have car in the name. Uh, I mean, yeah, to be fair, not every single one of them have. Like, they've been getting a little bit more experimental as time has gone on with, like, the names of the car itself. Or at least the episode itself. I mean, yes, but it doesn't, like, you're not supposed to start that way. Yeah, but they, but for this video episode, they are in the tape car. So it at least yeah, but, uh, is related. Call it the tape car again. I don't care. <laughs> the tape car comma again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. I maybe, love it. Maybe I had a question mark there. Tape car again? <laughs> uh even though it wouldn't actually be again because this takes place before the other time we've been at the tape car, as you pointed out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the tape car comma before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we open in... A, it's not a maternity ward. It's the incubator. After the babies are born and they're put in those uh, cradles side by side for some reason and, and taken from their parents. Like... I, I don't know what's up with that. I, I don't know I why never, hospitals do that, but that's where we are. Yeah, I never understood that because it's like I get that 
I mean, I guess it's like a case of like the babies might not already have like a potential like get like a disease, like an illness or something like that, because they're literally like newborns and all. But it always just struck me as like maybe you should have them like more in like their separate areas kind of deal. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah, a little bit. I've I've not been in a situation where I've been at a hospital when somebody's kid I know or anything has been born, and I don't have any of my own, so I don't know. I don't know the logistics here. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, like my understanding is. Because they don't take the kid from the parent right away, because it's important to have like skin to skin contact. Mm-hmm. But then they do eventually have to do that, because they're supposed to like make sure the kid is healthy and get vitals and all that. But I don't know why they put them in that weird laying next to each other cradle. Just bring them back yeah, to the mom's room. Also, with like the fact that like you, I mean, you can look through the glass obviously because like they want like the parents to be able to. But it's like it always just kind of reads a bit like they're like you know like the like uh. The older ways that they used to do surgery, where they had like the fucking stadium seating <laughs> to let people watch in. Which also yeah, don't put my baby on yeah. display. They can't consent to that. Yeah, and also like maybe you should never have done that whole like uh, grab a seat. Well, let's watch this guy have a uh, double biopsy or whatever because it's like eh, it's like they're probably not being very sanitary because you're not wearing a mask or anything like surgical gear or whatever. Is it up to the stands? <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so that's where we are. Um, <laughs> we spent more time uh, we, are, like complaining about that baby holding area than we're going to actually be at the baby holding area for. Yeah, this is true. Uh, we we see from behind, it's a little weird. Like, we're focused on the babies uh, with the names Mingi Park and Ryan Akagi written on their charts. But, like, between them and us, there are a couple of dads who we only see the backs of. And these dads hit it off a little and, like... They're excited to know each other and talk about where they live in relativity to each other. And then they walk off screen and we cut forward. Um, a young Mingi is handing out flyers for a free show to their families in the backyard. Um, there's uh, Brian has, I want to say, like three or four siblings. I'm not super sure they're running around too much and I didn't uh, get a good uh, count. Apparently, the, uh, what's called, the wiki has said that there's like apparently at least five siblings. I think I don't I forget if that's including <laughs> Ryan or not, but he has a lot. Whereas like yeah. Min Gi seems to be only tell. <laughs> yep. So they're there and the all four parents are there and the thing is is that Ryan and Min Gi have formed a band and they've got everyone here to watch them. I'm not sure if everyone is here specifically to watch them or if it's a party, but it, either way. It definitely seemed like it's more like this was just like an afternoon barbecue or whatever and they decided to go ahead and do this. <laughs> Especially because, like, they're just handing out, like, advertising flyers for it to just their family who are already here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um... They, they, their show is bad. I'm not gonna pretend it's not oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it is very much like, these are, like, seven-year-old kids at most, and it's like, yeah, they can only do so much with what they have kind of deal. But Ryan painted the David Bowie lightning bolt on his face. It has to be good. He, he did, yeah. Uh, the two things I want to point out about this in particular, uh, I forget which dad does it, but one of them definitely just hits one of the kids running around with the, his spatula, and then just kind of casually... Uh, that's Ryan's dad, yeah. Yeah, Ryan's dad. Uh, don't hit a kid at all with anything, even if it's just a little like tap of the spatula. And also, you should wash that thing rather than wipe it on your freaking shirt afterwards and continue grilling with it, my guy. And <laughs> also... Uh, but the fire will sterilize it, it's fine. I'm pretty sure he just wipes it. the flames of Anor sterilized <laughs> during Spain, which is... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
fucking whatever. Okay, this is this is gonna cut ahead to like something I have in the trivia, but like uh, Mingi's Min dad is like reading a book, which is in Korean. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw that the where is it? Uh, da, 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 the title for it when translated is um, the method of being a supportive parent for your children. Or yeah, yeah, for, that's the t- whole title. Not very supportive when you're just immediately covering your eyes, having a look of disgust on your face when you're listening to the stuff, my guy. Yeah, well. <laughs> and maybe that's why he's reading the book, because he's not a great dad. I'm surprised it's not more along the lines of, so you've got a bad kid. <laughs> Given the way these parents act, it's, uh... So you, so you got an annoying kid who has a weird hobby and makes a lot of noise and you want to be left alone. <laughs> Very long book title. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like something he would read. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the kids perform a song. Um. Ryan is just singing, and Mindy is playing with this. Um. I don't know what to call it exactly. Like I know the name of the device, which I will mention later. But it's it's honestly kind of a handheld synthesizer that you play with a stylus. Yeah. Like like he's basically like just doing stuff to like cause like distortions and stuff. Yeah, it almost reminds me of a theremin, except instead of being all woo-woo, it's more like beep-beep. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, uh, like how, like, the group Gucci uses stuff, like, even, like, Game Boys and, like, NESs in, like, creating sound effects and stuff. That sounds about right, yeah. I do think, I mean, this is supposed to be a specific electronic instrument, mm-hmm. but, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a weird little machine, and I don't know why a kid would pick this one. Um... <laughs> Yeah, especially, like, because, like, they're trying to also get him to, like, practice violin or something, I think, right? Uh, viola, yes. Viola, yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you play a real <laughs> instrument? He's like, I got a real instrument. I got my little board. Yeah. <laughs> makes a sound. But, yeah, um, this song is mostly about wanting to put hats on animals, which is something I empathize with, but if the line is, I'm gonna put a hat on this, I'm gonna put a hat on that, I'm gonna put a hat on the next animal, etc., it's not good. Um... <laughs> Ultimately, uh, would Ziggy wear a hat? Hmm? Would Ziggy wear a hat? Uh, Ziggy would not wear a hat. She does not like hats. (laughs) She will wear capes, but not hats. Uh, Close enough. Okay. (laughs) She is like me in this way. (laughs) Um, the Parks definitely seem more uptight about this than the Akagis. They're like wincing and covering their ears the instant this starts. But um, honestly, it seems very much like a a loosey-goosey fun family versus an uptight serious one so there you go and uh then we cut ahead like uh it, it's a couple years later i want to say they're about 12 ish i don't I, know i kind of read it's them more as being like 14 or 15 if they're really trying to plan for stuff at the end of high school maybe i don't know because they're not so we're going to get another flash forward basically immediately after they plan their trip across Canada and to get famous in the U.S. and play New York, and then fla- fast fast forward. And in this fast forward, they're not high school seniors yet, but they're talking about entering the Battle of the Bands, so... Like, I, I perceive them being 14, 15 in that flashback forward, and oh, not okay, this one. Okay, yeah, I, I, so, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping through the episodes for that bit where they're at the diner, and then, like... Wh- uh, ahead of that, when they're at the next flash forward, and it's like, yeah, I, I think I think I see what you mean here with that, where it's like they look like they're close to like twelve or so at the diner, and then like fourteen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, they're, they're just planning this all out on a map of the continent, which is, like, I guess the menu at the diner. And yeah, it's a, then we get that other flash forward yeah, that I it's, mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's basically like one of those kinds of like diners that you give to kids that like give them crayons so they can draw and stuff on it, like doing like the, like a word search and stuff like that while they wait. Yeah. I guess the short version of their plan is that they're going to get famous in Canada first on account of they live in British Columbia, and then use that fame to tour the U.S. and eventually play in New York. I don't know why New York. It's not like a music town as far as I know, but. I guess, sure. <laughs> you know, a city's big enough, it can be any kind of a town, I guess. <laughs> also, this is, this is me showing my uh, lack of geographical knowledge, but, like, isn't British Columbia on, like, the East Coast near New York? Or is it on the West uh, Coast? No. No, British Columbia is the other side. That's the California okay, cause, side. Because I was looking at, like, their trajectory, and it's like, if they were starting on the East Coast, they'd be going all the way to the West Coast of Canada and then having to basically go all the way back to get to New York. <laughs> Again, I am i don't know geography of Canada. You would think I would, considering that a few years ago my friends and I played a superhero tabletop game set in Toronto, <laughs> so I would actually maybe know a little bit of Canada's geography. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, but if your game was set in Toronto, there'd be no reason for you to know about British Columbia. That's like, like five-ish days away yeah, driving. Like, like, if I remember correctly, I had my character's backstory that they were from Winnipeg, so it's like, that's like the closest, like, anywhere around. And it's like, that's still like, basically, like, from what I saw, like, about a day by train get to and from. <laughs> still long. Fun fact, uh, Winnipeg was the first city in North America to elect an openly gay mayor. Yay! <laughs> Um, but yeah, so in this, we're, we're cutting forward again to them around age 14-ish. Uh, Mingi is playing with his device, which this is where I have the name of it. It's called a Barreled Mayo 90. It's, uh, again, I don't think that's a real thing. I think this is like a mock-up of a real thing that they just gave it a fake name for. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Um... <laughs> Either way, uh, that the sort of dynamic from earlier has really carried on, because Ryan is a lot looser in his presentation than Mingi is. He's got a t-shirt and sort of jeans-ish on. Yeah, he... And admittedly, the t-shirt is tucked in with a belt, but Mingi is in a button-up and a sweater while sitting yeah, on the like, couch. Yeah, so. Mingi is like 14, and he has the same haircut that he will still have four years from now, compared to Ryan's being like for all of the place, like loose rocker kind this... of hair. This boy dresses like he is Clark Kent uh, interviewing at the Daily Planet. Is what he dresses <laughs> uh, like. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He really looks like it. Yeah, complete with like the hair, like kind of like slicked back a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and the uh, the whole like sweater with the uh, collared shirt underneath. <laughs> yep. The only thing he's missing is the tie and the forehead curl. <laughs> um. So Ryan just suddenly remembers and presents Mingi with a flyer for the Battle of the Bands, but the trouble is uh, they're too young to qualify, and Ryan immediately wants to lie about it, but, you know, Mingi is reluctant, and then his viola teacher arrives, and Mrs. Park basically throws Ryan out physically. It's like, she does not want him there at all. Um, she does, however, insist he take a bag of oranges with him, because they're very healthy, the unstated implication of which is that he isn't healthy. Um... <laughs> We cut forward again, this is just, I don't know, maybe a year or so, and we see a slightly older Ryan who is now backstage at the Battle of the Bands. Uh, Mingi arrives late, 
and but he's brought a shirt with him bearing the band name, which I didn't even write down because it uh, was so weird that I, I can't I, remember. I have it. two band names written down because there's actually trivia about them, so don't worry. We'll get to that. Okay, later. we'll get to that then. Yeah, but but basically, Minky had given some pushback on this band name because it was too weird. But now he's brought a shirt with the name on it, and I guess we'll talk about what that name is later. Um. So they hug, and Ryan's annoyance is just immediately dispersed because of this gift. But uh, that said, he chooses uh, right now, right before they go on, to inform Mingi that his dad gave him the van so they can start touring next week after they graduate. Dude has a week to pack his entire life into a van. He does not know how to break the news to him. No. Wow. I mean, that's kind of just the refrain. Like, I mean, I can already see where this season is going because, like, not where these guys can, like... Well, it's like, it's more like Ryan's just kind of being pretty forceful about things, and Minky can't really help but, like, put his foot down a little bit, to be honest with, like, what he thinks about stuff, is how I'm mm-hmm. interpreting things. And, like, I mean, like, something we'll get to later on at the end of the next episode, but then kind of just avoiding being like, no, yeah, we're not arguing, we're just talking. And it's like, mm, yeah. no, we're not, my guys. <laughs> Well, I mean, really, what it comes down to is it's just an issue between spontaneity and planning. Like, Ryan probably could convince Mingi to go if he gave him enough warning. But he says, actually, no, we've got a week and then we're leaving, so get ready. (laughs) Yeah, like, very abrupt. Um, yeah, so then, while Ryan is informing the announcer of their band name, uh, Mingi sort of panics and runs, leaving Ryan alone. And then the show does a really weird split-screen thing, which I'm going to do my best to describe, but it's very tricky. Oh yeah, I, I, think. Didn't, I didn't even think about how you would have to try to explain two different things going on at the same time and have the screen. <laughs> yep. So it's like, it, it splits halfway down the screen, and the left side of the screen is Mingi's perspective, and the right side is Ryan's. So we see Mingi working at the Dumpty Diner and being basically harassed by this one old dude who just complains about his meals all the time, and he's trying to save for college with this job. And we also see Ryan driving around in uh, his dad's van for a bit. Uh, The bumper sticker says this is class of 1985, so from this we can extrapolate that they were both probably born in 1967. We in the past, Mm y'all. Incidentally, uh, this makes them just barely younger than my mom. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, um. I mean, assuming well, I mean, that both my parents assu- really assuming that neither of these boys die on the train or you know afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> like I'm pretty sure you um, said you hadn't watched this book at all, right? I have not. No. So there you go. Yeah, we don't we don't know what happens to these boy band boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. They could stay on the train forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this montage keeps going, and we see Ryan, like, playing shows. It's him playing his guitar and singing, and we see him at a mic stand on several different stages with lights going and guitar and vocals. While on the left side of the screen, it's really just kind of a the same thing is happening for Mingi every single day. It, it's hard to describe, but it's one of those montages where you see the same opening shots a couple times to indicate time is yeah, passing. Yeah, it's, it's like him like going to bed at the end of the day, and then it's like just shows him getting up, going to his job and everything, and then yeah. him going to bed again. It's just that on repeat, basically just showing like, yeah, it's a little monotonous, but at least he's making money to save for college. 
Yeah, but he's also very, very unhappy, clearly, because we get some shots in that montage of him, like, hiding in the bathroom at his job so uh, he can yeah. play with his barrels, trying to make music where he can. Because when he's at home, he can't make music because his parents just come in and tell him to get rid of that thing because it's a trashy old toy, and it's like he's looking desperately for a place that he can make music and make it work with his new life, but he can't find it. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, the zoom out on the other side reveals that Ryan is playing, like, bad college parties and senior centers. <laughs> Which is not the best musical career, but I guess if you get paid. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like you know, like funny in a sad way that it's just him and all these little, like, senior centers where people are falling asleep during presentations just because they're old or whatever. Or, like, you know, another case where it's like he's doing, like, what looks like it's like a little, like, party that they're having or something and nobody's paying attention to him whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it's a little funny, but it's also like, it's like, yeah, but it's also kind of depressing. Yeah. This this scene at the party also serves to establish that he's still very bad at writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Contrary to what he will tell Minji later on, of like, oh, it's so easy, as long as he's writing the words. And it's like, mm, yeah, it's a little bit more than just that, my dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there is a very, like, while he's playing at this party, on the other half of the screen, uh, we see... That same regular customer who's been bothering Mingi this whole time just kind of do a casual racism at him before leaving. And uh, then footsteps start approaching. Um, it's like... There's a really cool thing here where we see both sides of what's happening because we're seeing the same scene, right? As Mingi closes the diner and Ryan walks up to it. But they like you're seeing it from both angles. It's very cool and also hard to describe. Yeah, like basically the the two the split screen remerging into two in, into one scene. Basically, yeah, you yeah skip... when they get to the door, it goes back to one big screen. But you skipped over Ryan's three X's. <laughs> I guess I did. Yeah, I mean it's so... like mostly because like the third one is like thanks for the fan, but I'm still breaking up with you kind of deal of like what. How did she? How did he like meet this girl in like the span of like a few months or whatever, and offer the van to her? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we don't know how long it's been. True, like we yeah, we don't know how long this whole montage is really. But it's like, I mean, from what I saw from the Infinity Train wiki, uh, like they're both still eighteen at the time of the rest of the season. So it's like, I don't think it's that like it's probably like a month or so at the most that this is happening happening across kind of deal, but it's like, it's just a case of him, like, it's like a funny thing of, like, you know, like, girl one being like, uh, screw you, Ryan, I'm breaking up a few. Girl two, screw you, Ryan, I'm breaking up a few. Girl three, thanks for the thing, but I'm still breaking up a few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't only really bring them up because, uh, we'll co- well, that's all one voice actor is voicing them, and it's a big one, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I see. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably also relevant if my understanding about this season is correct, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> You may remember that I mentioned in the past that this is the only season that has canonically queer main characters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, girlfriends aside, they are back together now, and it's kind of awkward at first. They don't really know how to talk to each other right now, but... Mingi has been promoted to shift manager since last they talked, and he even got the keys to the building... It's it's very weird. They don't know how to talk as Mingi is cashing out and making sure he's not on the clock anymore. 
But then they kind of get into the swing of things, chatting about how songwriting is super easy. You just come up with a rhyme and then you're done and you don't have to do any other polish. But <laughs> ultimately, the the reason Ryan is here, even though he doesn't like come out and say it immediately, he has to do small talk a bit before he gets to this, is that uh, he's got a show. He somehow managed to get a show booked in New York City, just like they always dreamed of, just like Mingi always dreamed of. And so he wants Mingi to come with him, because it's, you know, it was their dream together, and this is their real chance, but Mingi won't go. Uh, he got into college, and he's going to go do that, because he has to major in finance with an emphasis in risk assessment, the unstated implication being that this is too much of a risk. <laughs> and, of course, um... Ryan has provided a train ticket for Mingi because he no longer has the van, so they're going to take them. <laughs> oh. oh, right, yeah, I totally skipped it. I, I totally didn't realize that that's the reason why he even has train tickets. It's like, yeah, because he doesn't have the van anymore. Because <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, he gave the van to that girl. But me, um. Meanwhile, me, like, when he's like, Can I, I have the train tickets here, I'm like, no, don't get on the train! <laughs> of course, they have no context to this, but meanwhile, it's like us being like, we know better, don't get anywhere near a train in this world. <laughs> Huh. Well, fun fact, I have actually been on this train. <laughs> oh, this one? Oh, right. Because... Yeah, because you've been in Canada for a while. Yeah, because this, this is the Via Line that starts at the metro station, and it goes all the way across Canada if you ride it for long enough. Now, I only took it from London to Toronto when I needed to do that trip, but, like, you could go all the way across if you wanted to. And it's clear how much they cared about this, because... Boy, did they render the inside of that train exactly like it still is today. <laughs> Even like, uh, let's see, how many years would that be? Um, almost 40 years later? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <sighs> well, yeah, um, so Ryan is disappointed that Mingi won't go because, you know, he just insists that he can't leave. So, uh, Ryan steals the keys to the diner and runs off. And, like, Mingi does not follow him for, like, a while, yeah, is it, the thing. It takes him, like, a good, like, minute or so before he's like, I guess he's being serious about that and taking the key then coming back. Shit, fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know how long it is within the show itself, because obviously time is a little stretched yeah. to accommodate for our ten minutes. But he fully does not get up out of that booth until Ryan is totally gone from sight out of... <laughs> <laughs> like, Ryan's just running for, like, ten minutes being like, Ah, oh, he's gotta be right behind me, right? He turns around, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> so he starts walking back <laughs> and sees Minky still sitting in the dining room, just like kind of looking at the window a little bit, and it's like, my guy, get, come on, take me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fully sprinting. That boy is taking those keys to New like, York. <laughs> like, it's like uh, Minky doing the Spongebob at the restaurant or whatever with, like, the one, like, cup of chocolate, uh, not hot chocolate, but, like, coffee or whatever with his arms just saying, like, like, uh, cross together a little bit at the table. <laughs> That's what Minky's <laughs> doing here, just being like, hmm, I guess I gotta go after him, because he doesn't feel like he's coming back. Yeah. Now, with that said, Ryan probably got out of sight and then just stopped and waited a while, because when Minky starts chasing, they're immediately together. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it's not like he, like, has super fucking human speed or anything. <laughs> Cats up. Yeah, either he is the Flash or Ryan was waiting. <laughs> Like, okay, I have I have super speed, but I can only use it for about half a second, so I can catch up to where you are, but not <laughs> all the way, and you're still going to outpace me, but, you know, I can at least I catch up and see you again. Yeah, 
<laughs> so they uh, they run through the neighborhood in the middle of the night, while Ryan shouts that if Mingi won't follow his dreams, Ryan will just have to make him. And eventually they arrive at the metro station and climb on the train to New York. Um, Mingi kind of hesitantly follows Ryan down the train, trying to get his keys back, but... As they go, one compartment opens to reveal a speeding train perpendicular to the train that they are inside, which stops and, and opens a door. And neither of these guys think this is weird until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a normal thing that happens on Canadian trains. I don't yeah, know what yeah, you're yeah, talking you know, tra about. Trains uh, bisecting other trains and then uh, having a fucking interdimensional portal like it's goddamn Arrow House. Like yeah, it happens all the time. Realm. Yeah, it happens all the time in Canada, apparently. That's just how trains are that, over there. I saw that like three times when I was going to Toronto. Um, a good thing you never got on it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bummer, right? Like, even if I only disappeared for three months, I have all the files for our show, so yeah, you couldn't... Yeah, it'd be me, like, having to be on the Twitter be like, I, I don't know if they got pissed at me or something, or if the fact, I don't know... I guess might be done, who could say? <laughs> um, I hope they're not dead. Yeah, so this door, it doesn't, they can't see through it or anything, it's just like a glowing light portal. So, of course, Ryan immediately throws the keys through it. Yeah, this, this is like a little bit strange that the, uh, you know, because we haven't seen, like, there'd be like a like full, like, interdimensional portal kind of deal on the other times we've seen people get on the train. It's like, to be fair, we don't see Jesse get on the train, but, like, when Tulip is, gets on there and, like, from the flashback there, he's over with Grace, we didn't see, like, the train being like that. It was more just, like, here's a train, get on it, and then, like, they yeah. kind of, like, pass out as soon as they step on it kind of deal. Yeah, like, when they got on the train, it was a normal train, and then there was just a flash of light, and then they woke up on the cars. Yeah, th like, this again, whole like, this, this glowing portal thing, yeah, that's like, this, new. this full-on looks like the fucking portal door from Metal House kind of deal, <laughs> compared to how it usually looks. Yeah. Um, again, not, so never then find this weird. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, burst of static happens as both of them dive through the door onto the train, and we find ourselves in the tape car. Uh, Ryan and Mingi are both in, like, weird train uniforms. It's very similar to what we saw Amelia wearing in Book 3. And they're being processed in that floating pool that looks, uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> and they're doing it together, which is odd, but soon enough, the laser tattoo needle gives them both the same number, which is 202. And, uh, Amelia is there. She's younger. It seems like she's only been on the train for a little while at this point. And she complains that this is weird, and there shouldn't be two of them at the same time. But one, who is actually just one, and not one one yet, explains to her that this is just math, because his system... Well, he says the word algorithm, but that means something very different uh -huh. now. Yep, um, sure does. <laughs> uh, it, it's basically designed to make people better in the most likely way possible, and anything is possible. So yeah, it's weird that there's two of them, but this is what they need, and anything is possible, Amelia. It might take a while, and you might mess up a few times, but anything is possible, yeah, yeah. Amelia. <laughs> this is very much making me think of, like, uh, in Legend of Korra Season 3, when they introduce Kavira, when she's like, I'm Kavira, and they do, like, a, like, this is a bad guy stinger, like, sound effect <laughs> when she introduces herself, and it's like, oh, you're really just signing up for the next season, huh? Unfortunately, Book 5 seems like it ain't happening. <laughs> But yeah, um, ultimately though, it is up to uh, Ryan and Mingi to solve their messes, because if they don't, uh, they'll die here. That's just how the train works. 
It's a brutal and grim place, and one seems much more aware of that than one one was. Yeah. The end. Yeah, it's like, I, I know in particular I looked that up where it's like, yeah, like, Amelia at times has referred to one one just as one, even back when mm-hmm. it's book one and all. And it's all just because, like, yeah, it was part of the whole thing of, like, yeah, he was technically just called one, like, yeah. officially before he got split by her, because he basically cracked her, she basically cracked him in half. Because <laughs> he only also yeah, has, well, he only, you cut a guy in half, that'll happen. Yeah, because, like, he also only has, like, one eye in his, like, black bar part, so it's like, <laughs> he just popped another eye in, I guess, when he had to, like, walk around as two separate <laughs> halves. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm trying to figure out exactly why Amelia's here, though. Because it's like, is she basically just like helping out one one a little bit or something? Because she's, I mean, it doesn't seem like Pascal would normally just be allowed to be in the tape cars, like near the engine or anything. No, definitely not. That is a very weird situation. <laughs> yeah, like, because I know that they said that book five was going to take place at the same time as this book, which would be really taking over the train and basically just the whole mm-hmm. premise there. So it's like. Maybe we've had more context there of how she's just hanging out here with one one <laughs> or with one forever. But yeah, it's it's just a little strange that she's just kind of just standing around being like, "This is a strange system you got there, bud. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck it up later for like forty years." <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, but uh, other than that, like I'd say, this is probably one of like the more interesting and better episodes actually of the entire show because like I really do like that bit where it has the split scene and everything. Yeah, they're, it's a lot more experimental. Yeah, and it's also like, I mean, um, pretty much all this episode is before they even get on the train. Like, I, mean, I, don't know, I guess it's actually they're already on the train, because it's just they're watching the tapes. But, yeah. it, like, it gives a lot more context ahead of time for their, like, home life and stuff beforehand. Because, like, we kind of got a little bit of that with Tulip. It's like, oh, her parents are divorced, so she's running away from that kind of deal. But, it's like, obviously you didn't have that with Jesse, and it took a while to figure out stuff with Grace kind of situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Tulip, like, she didn't get on the train until the end of episode one. We have the same amount of context here. It's, it's just like, that this like, one is told much more artfully. It's like halfway through episode one when she gets on the train, because the rest of that is her meeting one one and then having to run from the gum. Hmm, I thought it was later than that, but okay. Uh, I think I think that's the entirety of that episode, yeah, because, like, the second episode... Right, because the second episode is them meeting the cat at the beach car. Yeah, I guess you're right. The first episode does have them in the in the um yeah the snow car or whatever space invaders room. Yeah, that one, the blacky <laughs> one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, this is definitely um. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's a lot more arty than a lot of this show has been. Yeah, like which it, is weird given how arty this show is in general. But yeah, it's it's them like getting experimental and great. Creative with like being to try to tell the story of these two guys after they kind of went their own separate ways for a while. Yeah. And, and if what I think is going to happen is going to happen, I absolutely understand it because we definitely need that context. Mm-hmm. But it's also just very different from anything the show has done, and I appreciate that. Yeah. It's also again, it is just a strong start to these two characters because like you understand like from the word go like their issues and everything. And it's just like, okay, well, how do we get them figuring things out to get off the train, more or less, compared to, like, there's more drip-fed with Jesse, really, of, like, oh, Jesse's problem is he's not assertive and doesn't stand up for himself and just kind of rolls over a lot. And Grace has a long, long line before <laughs> she finally realizes that she's fucked up everything, basically. 
Yeah, but these two Goombas' problem is that they're in love and they can't figure that out yet because it's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe, we'll, maybe they'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, guys. Stonewall was 15 years ago. Figure it out already. <laughs> yeah, but uh, before we get towards that, we should probably stop for every account. Yeah, and of course you can always find us at patreon.com slash usweirdoscast, where we have a panoply of delights for you to discover. <laughs> uh, playing with my vocab words today. No, but seriously, you can get our other show, The Axe Files, a full 13 weeks in advance. Uh, we have just finished book nine as of this recording, and boy howdy. <laughs> it, go- it-, it gets so weird. <laughs> Yep, it does. Uh, uh, if you remember when I used to do skunk posting, uh, it's... <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, um, of course we also have other stuff that's there for you. We have uh, weekly queer book recommendations. I've really been enjoying doing those recommendations. It's a great way to expand my own horizons, not to mention give stuff to y'all. Um <laughs> yep. I meanwhile have continued to just uh, do silly let's plays, or in one case, a let's build of a Gundam kit, just because uh, I just got a new Gundam kit, so I was like, I'm gonna try this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 one thing that it's like because of the strikes and everything. I think video game actors, I'm keeping that in mind in terms of not sharing anything that might be already under strike, because I don't want to accidentally piss off the unions. Yeah, plus like you know. That's kind of the whole reason we started talking about a book. Well, we'll <laughs> start talking about a book to the listener's perspective in a couple of weeks, but... <sighs> yeah, so... No, we just... We're doing our best out here. <laughs> yep, and obviously but... after we finish Kyoshi, we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> exactly. But of course, the other thing we do for our patrons is a shout-out on the show every week, so we need to give a just truly titanic thank you to Bookcase Queen. Trigger Harpy and Aurora Borealis. Y'all, <laughs> thank you. You yep. make the show possible. Yep, and we continue to appreciate your support and hope you stick with us. Yeah, and uh, now back to uh, Infinity Train, colon, the Canadian edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will just bring us to the next episode, episode 2, which, weirdly enough, it's just called the iceberg car, even though, as we'll see, it's not really just about an iceberg. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a strange name for it, considering everything. I mean, this season has a lot of strange names. Yeah. I don't know the context behind any of them, but... Well, I mean, we know that this one is at least called the iceberg car. I looked it up, but it's like, yeah. it really shouldn't be. Give <laughs> it we'll uh, But yeah, but it opens with Minji... It's, I, I keep wanting to almost say just Mingi, but I, you know, that's like a part of like him saying like, or it's like the guy like mispronouncing his name from the first one, that previous yeah. episode, where it's like it's Mingi, yeah, essentially, and I'm my best with that. And Ryan Wake- There was a little bit of a temptation for me, because Ryan does call him Min a lot of the time, and so yeah. it's like immediately my instinct to want to use the shortened form if that's acceptable, but also like- Yeah. I'm not this guy's friend. Yeah, it's like he's, he's like we're not that close to him because he's a cartoon character and real we're people in the you know the world. So we can mm-hmm. but yeah. But yeah, it just feels weird and diminutive to use a shortened version of someone's name. Yeah. If that's not their name that they usually go by and I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But two band boys basically just wake up on an iceberg with a floating I had to look at a concierge bell. Uh 
Mackenzie Airdell. I always get that name, that word messed up. Uh, I basically had said originally countertop bell, because the bell that's on the countertop. Mm. But, uh, it's basically this little bell that's floating around, leaving a trail of sparks in her, like, sparkles in her wake. And she's just looking at both of them as, the, uh, <laughs> as we'll learn later on. She thinks Dirt's is dead. This is definitely the style of bell that I imagine whenever something goes ding in the axe Oh, yeah, 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 like, I mean, it's like the kind that you do in, like, a hotel. You know, the, the thing is to get the attention. But, yeah. Uh, but both of them scream at the sight of her since they have not seen a denizen before and have zero context for where the hell they are. <laughs> and, like, uh, they're, like, well, Minji is half, is, like, basically he's worried about the situation while Ryan is just demanding to, uh, know whatever, what's going on. Like, they're mostly, like, they're doing their whole, like, yeah, we understand their characterization where, it's like, Minji is at least, like, trying to be polite to find uh, out stuff. Hmm? Sorry, Ki. Ki, right, Min Minji. Right. Yeah, Minji is the thing that the bad guy says when he's right. deliberately mispronouncing the name. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hard G there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, Minji is just like asking politely to try to figure out what's going on. Ryan's demanding answers because that's just their characterization. And they also like basically just ask what the bell is doing to them, as though the bell has done anything at the moment, really, besides explode here and also scream a bit with them. <laughs> uh, but at this they notice their outfits basically, which again, like we said, there's like the Amelia getup that she had in book three, which straight up also has the anti gravity boots that Simon had before. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they don't come off either. No, yeah, Mingi tries to remove it at <laughs> remove one of them at a point, but the bell says they don't come off at all, which he ain't thought about. <laughs> I wouldn't be either, honestly. You gotta be able to Being take... trapped in clothes yeah. that aren't mine is kind of a nightmare you gotta, for me. You gotta be able to take your shoes off at least to area out your feet. <laughs> it's horrible if you have your shoes on for so long. Yeah. Uh, but Ryan notices that, yeah, he knows that the gem student has a feel for this and also where his guitar is. And do finally take notice of their numbers and also just freak out some more about this all. These <laughs> two just freak out all the fucking time, I guess, if anything is different. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I will say, it's a little rude of the train to steal his guitar. It didn't do that for the others. True, yeah, like, Tulip still had her bag and everything, and also her hoodie. Uh-huh. Didn't redress her or anything. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. The bell that says that she didn't do anything to them, and also didn't change their clothes, and also that she just thought they were dead at first. And she introduces herself as Kez, which I definitely had to rewind a bit to try to hear the name again better, because it's, like, kind of... For some reason, I was just wasn't hearing it correctly. But yeah, but I also looked it up to be sure. Her name is Kent. Uh, yeah, but, uh, so this Minji introduces himself. Uh, Minky! God, fuck it, sorry. <laughs> Minky introduces himself and Ryan at this. And Ryan says he remembers, uh, getting on the train and then another train, bisecting it again, uh, before ending up here. And <laughs> Kez realizes that they're just like, brand, brand new passengers, and she's like, oh shit, I've never actually have done this whole explanation before, <laughs> so she she does a really bad job of trying to explain the train's whole deal, because she basically phrases <laughs> it as, well, the choices that you make and the choices you don't make in life, and yeah, this place is just kind of that, it's kind of the full extent of her explanation, because, <laughs> yeah, she, she's, Kez does not seem like she really, like, pays the fuck attention to anything, really, and also doesn't care. <laughs> Yeah, Kez feels like the friend that you have who's always on mushrooms. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like that. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's his choices, my guy. It's like, that doesn't have any context for what's going on. But yeah, they're both stumped at this bad explanation of the train. So she asks where they're from, and is surprised they're both from Powell Lake, British Columbia. 
and she tells them that they're not in the real world after a bit of confusion, and tells them they're in, like, basically a secret pocket, as she calls it. She doesn't use, like, interdimensional pocket, but they kind of do understand what she means with that, overall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but she basically just cannot fully explain it, because she ain't a pocket scientist, <laughs> as she says. At this, I have... This is going to be like a weird thing if you try to describe these guys, because they're going to be changing yeah. throughout this, but I feel at times it's called them the Parker guys. <laughs> cause That's fair. That's a yeah, good name yeah, for them. They're, they're consistent. I think the wiki I called them the Parker denizens, but I'm just going to call them Parker guys, because that's funnier. And <laughs> also because they're changing all the time, but they're Parker Yeah, They're like fish-like people here at first, and they're like yelling at Kez, saying that she won't get away from them that easy, because turns out she was being chased by them. And just got distracted by the two corpses she was talking to. <laughs> she just calls them corpses even though she knows they're not. <laughs> but the Parker guys say they're gonna make a raft, which seemingly is just them out of making it out of ice, because they're like using some pickaxes on a bit of ice <laughs> to try to reach them and her new little friends. And she kind of just like funnily says that they're in trouble, like you know, referring to Pinky and Ryan. But Ryan's like just angry, says like they're all in trouble, which again reminds Kez that. The, these parking guys are after her because <laughs> she just forgets them easily. It's like it's like Dory from Finding Nemo. She was a little floating bell in a sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now I just remember that she's excellent comparison. Thank and, you. And unfortunately, I just remember she's voiced by Ellen DeGeneres, who sucks. Hooray! Yay! Ah, uh, not Kez. Wait, at least. what? Uh, is it? Oh, Dory. Okay. Yeah, Dor- Dory is voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. Not not Kez. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no. you're really confused there for no, a second. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. But she explains that, they're, that the parking guys are mad the car isn't warm anymore, but when Mingi asks if this was a warm iceberg, she says that's a different car. So I guess not only is there an iceberg car, but there's also a warm iceberg car. Uh, a little bit of overlap there, one, a little. And then she leads them over to the train door, which is partially encased in ice. And there's a little temperature gauge there that she thought was a vending machine. Which, there'll be context for that later, not at the moment. But, uh, yeah, she does have a machine that got a bit stuck on the really cold setting, which pissed off the parking guys. And Ryan's annoyed about how they won't get home at this rate, because he just gives up immediately, I guess. While Minky <laughs> is focused on having to get back for uh, uni in September. At this, Ryan kind of acts like a bit of a jerk here, because he just calls it a huge tragedy that he's going to miss school and everything, and two of them... Basically avoid talking about their issues, once again. <laughs> you guys can't just <laughs> be open about it. Which, uh, yeah, it's, they're just, they need to talk. They need to actually sit down and be adults. No, talking is illegal. It's 1985. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only way you're allowed to express your feelings is by smoking. <laughs> well, I don't think Mingi's the kind of guy who's going to take up smoking just to be able to talk. <laughs> It's the 80s. Everyone smokes. I guess. I don't know. But yeah. But basically, like, grabbing and talk things out, uh, Ryan basically just messes around with the uh, temperature yank a little bit, which basically starts the current to a, a, like, volcanic hellscape, which doesn't exactly dry out the parking guys, but they now look like they're kind of made out of, like, rocks a little bit, and they're kind of just doing a bit of a scream as their whole form of communication at this point. <laughs> Yeah, not a fan of this version. No, no, they really look like they're just like dried out entirely from what they used to be. But, but uh, there's still a lava pouring over the door, so they can't actually still get through. Uh, <laughs> at this, Mingi tries his hand 
at uh, using the low temperature gauge, which ends up making the car into a lush jungle with giant animals and vines all over the door. And he basically just keeps tweaking with it through the cycles of ice, lava, and jungle. And he, at this point, basically just realizes it's not actually a thermostat, but rather a setting to alter the geological era of the car. To which <laughs> Ryan just treats Minky as a nerd about this, because Ryan is just rude. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't really like Ryan much. <laughs> Maybe he'll grow yeah. on me. I would have to hope he grows on me, because like I don't think he'd get anywhere near as bad as Simon ever did. Well, I would say? hope not. Yeah, who can say? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. He seems fine to me. He's just a regular teenager. Yeah, it's not I, that I, big a deal. It's really just like he kind of just comes across as being a bit antagonistic at times over nothing. Like it's, I guess. it's like again, like I mean, like it's like okay, Mingi realizes, oh, this this gauge is changing the geological era of the car. It's like you don't have to be rude about him realizing that, Ryan. <laughs> like Ryan's just like, yeah, oh, what a dirt. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, is that he calls it an aerostat, which is based in, like, that's not how that works. You can't use that word. An aerostat measures uh, air pressure. Like, that's a chronostat, my man. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I, I thought he was saying more like era, like E-A-R, not E-A-R. He is, but when you say them out loud without writing them down, it's effectively the same okay, word. Okay, fair. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with his... Like, it, he kind of comes across as the kind of guy who would come up with silly names for something like that if he's like, yeah, it's this. <laughs> Compared to, like, uh, anyway, again, Ryan's just being a bit rude about it is my version of this. I guess. Yeah. But, uh, this Kez thinks that these two actually don't really know each other based on her misinterpretation or misinterpretation when Ryan calls Mingi a dial scientist because she immediately just Oh, he thinks that somebody could be a scientist because she ain't a uh, she ain't a you know, she ain't a pocket scientist. But uh, I guess this guy is a dial <laughs> scientist in every way of thinking. And then just the pocket guys show up now, looking more like lemurs because they also have been just changing with the era, depending. And they <laughs> run from them for a little bit till Mingi changes the setting to another tropical era that basically just scrambles the parka guys further into being gorillas, and they're just too big, so they're just stuck in their parka, so they can't walk really, like, chase after them a lot. And we're just waddling. <laughs> but, yeah, Ryan just grabs a dial at this point to fast forward to a, like, desert era. Almost, uh, trying to make sure I don't say area. Uh... And the parking guys at this point are just now floating eyeballs that call the kids, uh, well, the kids, the guys, too, as a threat to their one true thought form. They they call themselves the one true thought, in a sense, because they just have evolved into, like, a better, higher form of being, I guess. That's a nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they basically just refer to this new form of them as, like, their peak of their evolution, and they start shooting lasers at the group as they run away from them. Uh... <laughs> Well, well, they basically just fully stop running because Mingi and Ryan fight over the Eon Oscillator, as you know, Mingi called it, to, uh, to get out of this. And they <laughs> accidentally reset it to the origin point of this old car, which is apparently the middle of a futuristic city. Which again brings up the question of, if this is the origin point, why is this called the Iceberg Car? And not like yeah. not like the future city car. <laughs> or even just like the time <laughs> car. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> but yeah. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, it's like, it's maybe it resets to the iceberg car all the time, but like, no, no, it wouldn't, because like, uh, Kez mentioned that she ripped it out, and like, it used to, like, she actually does make them say, like, this was the point that started that, so it was a future city. 
didn't see much of that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Ryan places the dial back onto, basically, again, a, what looks like just a regular-ass vending machine sitting there near the door. Uh, and the Parker guys, now at this point, just look like aliens, and they just grill them for messing with things. But the guys do defend Kez's action of messing with it, because it honestly really does just look like a regular-ass vending machine. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they are still wearing their parkas throughout all this because they were off on a ski trip beforehand and still, like, basically just run after the guys to chase after them because they're just still. And Ken's basically at this point kind of does apologize in advance as she sets it down to spin throughout all the different eras as she also heads out of the car door. It's basically just the parking guys are just time warping it as the door closes. <laughs> like, they, they're basically just kind of fucked. <laughs> they're just stuck there. Yeah, this... I don't like this from Kez. This is... This is this is I, fucking over these guys entirely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, unless this thing stops somewhere else, these guys are just stuck there, warping through, like, all their different bodies, presumably. I mean, presumably the wheel will stop spinning at some point, because unless this car has weird physics, conservation of motion would dictate that eventually it would wear down. Yeah, but, like, it is the train, They might though. not have the hands they need to reset it. Yeah, and also, this is still the fucking train, and the train is weird, so, like, the train might just have to keep going. Like, maybe, yeah. like, the log comes, like, the, the thing might just keep spinning because the train is just stupid and weird like that. <laughs> but yeah, the Kez rejoins uh, Mingi and Ryan as they're looking out over the wasteland of the trains area, and they're annoyed at still being on a train after that since Kez said that they were in a pocket. And she explains a bit further, saying that this is all part of the same pocket, and that they're here to learn lessons to unscrew up their lives and junk. That she puts it, she's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta unscrew up your lives and fix junk and stuff. Uh, but, <laughs> but she also never heard of two people boarding at the same time, nor having the same number, much like uh, one in Amelia's whole conversation with him before. That's pretty weird, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, their issues are tied closely to the two of them, and they both have shit to work out, so... Makes sense to me. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey kind of blames Ryan for this by saying he bought the tickets, but Ryan does defend himself saying that they <laughs> were for a ner- normal train and not a morality mind screw train. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also be pretty upset if I got on the Via Rail and <laughs> then this happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the times with me trying to get to my job in Japan, thinking the. Uh, JR line and everything, and it's like, well, this is definitely not Tokyo. Where am I? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Kez once again interprets their conversation as them basically not getting along at all, but they basically say, no, we're just talking. We're besties. Which, like, yeah, again, Kez brings up that they didn't act like it by fighting over the dial until it just kind of worked out by chance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, these two just continued to ignore that they were definitely not fighting at all, and that they were just talking. Jesus Christ, my guys, how long you, until you talk? <laughs> you got shit to sort out. I know that their number doesn't lower at all in this episode, because they're just ignoring the actual main problems here. Well, sure, they're not getting worse yet. No, they're not getting worse, but yet. also not get, they're not getting worse, but also they're not getting better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Ken says that they really shouldn't just worry about things at the moment, so they should just go head over to her place, which is just a couple dozen cars away, and they can meet up with her roomie, Morgan, who I don't know who Morgan is, I assume another fellow of some sort. Uh, uh, but yeah, I maybe... don't know if we can really assume that, given the train. True, we can't assume really anything with the train. But yeah, 
but uh, Boyd basically just agrees to this because like they all we're kind of stuck here for a bit until we figure out how to get the number to go down. So whatever, I guess we'll walk <laughs> through a couple dozen train cars. And so they enter the next car, which is just a, like full of Wild West bug people with guns who refer to Kez as Cactus Kez. Like they they barely know her and such, but the episode just cuts out right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My apologies for the times I was messing up Minky's name. It's gonna take me. <laughs> For sure. Like, I get it. It is it is not a sound that normally occurs in the speech that we use, which isn't to say we don't have hard Gs, but like yeah. the way that G is positioned is not standard for English. Yeah. So I get why it would be tricky, but also that is something I'm trying to be very careful about mm-hmm. because that is specifically how the bad guy says it in that episode. Yeah, so. yeah. He does call he incredibly the wrong sort of thing. Yeah, um, I've got to say, this one does feel a little bit, um, the the book, I mean, not this episode. I'm doing my best to be delicate with it, I'm trying my best to be good here, but it's also like, this is definitely a story from a different cultural perspective than mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. It's not as easy to dive in as the everyone is trans season, <laughs> so... Like, obviously we're here for it, and we're going to do the best we can, but there's some nuance that we're probably just not going to get, because that's not us. Yeah, it kind of comes from both, like, again, these guys growing up in, like, the, like, 70s, slash 80s for the most part, compared to, like, I mean, I was born in 88, but also it's like, you tell me about anything with 80s, and I'd be like, yeah, I don't know shit about that time. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, even the 90s are kind of a bit of a blur, because a lot of that was just me more focused on, like, playing Pokemon and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and also, obviously, like, uh, I forget entirely, are they both Korean, or... I, I believe so, yes. Let me look it up. I think I think at the least Minky is Korean. I want to make sure I'm right with Ryan there. Uh, mm-hmm. let's do... yeah, he's, yeah, Minky is Korean-Canadian, and Ryan is... Oh, he's Japanese-Canadian. Oh, which, my which, mistake. Which makes more sense. Like, Akagi sounds like more like a like Japanese last name. I think about it. I suppose that's true. Yeah, compared to <laughs> Park being like kind of like a like Korean last name. I guess I just did a bad thing and assumed. So bad job me. Well, he looked it up. At least he knows going forward. <laughs> yeah. This is true. We do know going forward. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this episode obviously is, like, just a little bit weaker, because, I mean, I think that's just on the nature of, like, the first episode being so strong, with getting, like, creative with the storytelling. Oh, certainly. Because so much of this episode is just having to catch them up on the stuff we already know, like... Yeah. Like, it's it's a lot of, like, yeah, you're getting, like, the kind of crap uh, explanation for how the train be the train. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, uh... I mean, it's like, yeah, it's obviously it's more introducing Kez and also introducing them to the concept of the train, so I guess we'll just have to see how it goes from here and see how these two finally decide to talk rather than kind of being stereotypical dudes in the 80s slash 90s or whatever where they don't talk. <laughs> don't talk yep. But first we'll see if they get shot by bugs. <laughs> we will see that, yeah. I wonder if they're going to actually encounter a gum. Uh That would be a dramatic season thing, huh? Is if they just walked in here and got shot by bugs. 
And then it was actually about the bugs. <laughs> or it's about it's Kez trying to actually like uh, hold their corpses along and actually referring to them as corpses because that'd be accurate. Mm. <laughs> so you they were I feel like Weekend at Bernie's might be a little <laughs> too much. I mean, we also, to be fair, don't know if Kez can actually like levitate anything or carry anything. This is true. Actually, how did she mess around with the diet? Well, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's in her hand. It's just a bell. Maybe she had to use. Yeah, maybe she had to yeah. use the actual like uh, top of the bell, whatever that thing would be called that you press down to make a thing. Mm. Maybe she's that. I do not know. It could be, but yeah, um, seems, uh, seems like we're off to a pretty good start, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm into it. This is weird. Uh, I don't think we've ever covered a show on this show before that I didn't know what was going to happen in, so that's new and different. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I mean, aside, aside from obviously, like, uh, when Owl House was, like, airing at the time when we were covering it, when we caught up and yeah. like, one at a time. But, like, yeah, like, uh, well, I mean... That depends. Did you know about Harry Arnold's Christmas episode? <laughs> well, true, because we kept those a secret from each other. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, it's just, it was just like, like even then, I, I, I was like, I was thinking of that just the other day, just being like, "Wow, what a weird contrast that was between like here's a here's a silly goofy kids Christmas special that like has you actually talking to the TV station to help them out and everything." And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, mine's like me, like grabbing a chair, spinning it backwards, sitting behind, like the backwards seating with it, like Captain America being like, "So you did whatever kind of deal," with being like, "Hey kids, <laughs> you want to hear about this, the Korean War <laughs> or the Vietnam War? <laughs> Let's talk about the Vietnam War and how it fucked up this one family because they haven't seen each other in over twenty years, kid." <laughs> uh, Dark. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we're gonna do that again, but. I'm sure I can find something just as strange. Yeah, I would have to really think of, like, one that I know in particular, because, like, that's always, like, the Christmas festival's always stuck in my mind in particular, because it's, like, not only because, like, I just like Taron a lot as a kid, but also it's, like, mm-hmm. it kind of sticks with you as you get older, being like, oh, yeah, shit, that is a really fucked up situation. <laughs> There's one specific thing that I'm thinking about, and it would have a really good goof. But I don't know if I'm good enough at improv to follow through on that goof is the thing. <laughs> yeah. So I will think about that for another five-ish months. Yeah, yeah, we got time is the thing before we would do that. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah. But yeah, uh, good show. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I think this is the first time I've actively, like, laughed at Infinity Train since the toad flew away. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Kez is good. Kez is funny. Yeah. We haven't had a comedy character for a while. Yeah, like, I mean, like, because, like, none of the, like, um, like, really none of the, what's called, um, uh, Denizen companions have really been just, like, you know, like, some kind of wisecracking, non-serious person. Like, I guess closest was Alan Dracula, but, like, Alan Dracula was just a regular ass deer. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I had to explain Alan Dracula to my mom during my visit because there's just tons of deer everywhere in Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, it's down, it's down, hi, I'm Dracula. Wait, no, that, that doesn't have horns. It's not on Dracula or antlers. And she was like, what? I was like, okay. <laughs> well, we're in the car and already driving along some way, so I have time to explain how Dracula to you. So I explained how Dracula is a very normal, everyday deer. You can shoot laser beams. <laughs> that blows up cops. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I mean, Atticus was like... Atticus, I think, overall was kind of the weakest of the Denizen companions, I would say. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we have had that conversation before. Yeah, it's mostly um, just because he doesn't get a whole lot to do, necessarily, besides his introduction. 
Yeah. Like he's there for like dog it's... jokes and that's mostly it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's very like obviously we'll have to see more of what Kez does before we can make a final decision. Yeah. But even before that, like this one episode, she's more interesting and dynamic than Atticus ever was. Yeah. Like, cause, like, Atticus was, like, too, a bit too self-serious. I get that that was because, like, he had to be self-serious so that the dog jokes would kind of land a little bit more, even if they were just kind of, like, not that funny overall, really. <laughs> but, like, obviously, like, uh, Lake was definitely the most interesting of the Denizen companions because, you know, <laughs> lots of reasons. Uh, were they even, though... <laughs> Um, they were kind of they, the protagonists. Yeah, they they kind they kind than... of were more of the main character even than Jesse in a lot of ways, considering we stuck with them throughout the two episodes and Jesse wasn't around pretty much. But <laughs> but like they, I mean they kind like I, I guess again like it's more Alan Tracker I guess that fits the Dungeon Companion group there. He's definitely number two though, just because Alan Tracker is funny. <laughs> like it, he's just a funny beer. He's just normal. <laughs> <laughs> So like, uh, uh, yeah, and then Tuba's just really sad. Like, too- oh boy, I wasn't expecting them to get into, like, oh yeah, my children all died, <laughs> and then I get murdered, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> Poor Tuba. Yeah. But yeah, I believe we at least yeah. have one question, correct? We do. If you have questions for us in the future, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast2 on Twitter, because usweirdoscast exploded. So, that's not great. But, uh, in the meantime, we did get a question. So, from M. Healy, at M. F. Healy on Twitter, if you were to make a band out of characters from shows you've covered, who would you pick and what would they play? There's too many good answers here for person on drums, I feel. Because it's like, yeah. I feel like it's either, um, it's either King... Adora or Nimona who would be on drums, right? Because they're all just like, well, they all kind of have like chaos child energy at times. Honestly, it's like, because Nimona would want to play drums, yeah. but I don't think she would be good at it. No. Is it no. She's... <laughs> but, but I also feel the same way with King. I don't think King would be good at it either, even though he would definitely want to do it too. Also, to be fair, he's kind of short. He wouldn't be able to hit all the parts. I feel like King would be okay on the drums, especially if he were later on in the series after he got some character development. That's true, he yeah. He becomes a very kind of solid, steady, reliable kind of character, and that's what you need from a drummer. Yeah. That, that chaos is, like, the stereotype, but I don't know why, because that I think, is the I think exact it's opposite of what a drummer thinking, needs. I think I'm mostly thinking along the lines of Animal, in particular, with that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, but Animal is a bad drummer, exactly, is the point. yeah. But it's funny, because the Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem kind of suck as a whole. <laughs> But yeah, but, uh, I mean, also, like, to be fair, by that point, also, in Owl House, King is also, like, grown to be, like, twice the size, because, like, if you compare, like, episode one King to, like, season two, episode three King, he's, like, way larger. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, 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 like, he used to be, like, a third of Lucid's height, and at that point, he's easily at least half her size, basically, at that point. Uh, uh, yeah, hmm. I don't know if I should say if we should, if we should say he's larger, but he's definitely stretched. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just like the different, yeah. and maybe it's like the different like animation studio or something. Maybe like maybe it was just like yeah. he'd animate differently in season two. But it definitely, but I mean to be fair, his species grows to be gigantic. Like he's <laughs> at his like awkward teen era already by the time of the epilogue, and he's only like twelve by that point. So it's like, yeah, he's just gonna keep getting much larger and larger over time. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like who would be on like lead vocals and who would be like. Uh, maybe actually, maybe Lake would actually be a good idea for drums. That is honestly kind of where I was leaning before the episode started, but I didn't want to bring it up once you said the others because, yeah. like, you had your answer. So true, yeah. But it's like I, I, I guess I'm thinking along the lines of like maybe Adora is more base because like Adora is like more like the support kind of character. She's here to help everybody kind of deal. So like maybe she doesn't oh. like take more of like the lead in the band. So maybe she's more base. Uh, I, I see where you're going with that. It's a little weird, though, since she is, like, not exactly a support character. She's the the Tr- protagonist. True, yeah, all. but, like, I mean, she mostly has... It's mostly only the lines that, like, she has, like... You know, she's obviously a, like, eight-foot-tall magical girl who beats shit at people, but she also has, like, healing powers and stuff. And is there to, like, save the world and everything, so it's, like... She also just wants to, in general, help everybody rather than really just, like, having to fight them all the time, too. Honestly, I was kind of thinking Willow, because she's got that whole rowdy but reliable thing going on. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <sighs> I guess, like, the biggest question is, like, who would be on, like, guitar and who would be vocals then? Well, I mean, canonically, the only person we know of who does play the guitar is, uh, Ryan, so... True. <laughs> But also, he's bad at it. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely not uh, vocals. We know that. <laughs> Ballister pretended to play the guitar. We don't know if he actually can. Um, I feel like that was just Ballister being goofy in there and, like, a little bit of celebration. <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's, it, mm, vocals is probably actually Golden Loin, maybe. That would make sense, yeah. yeah. He, he's, like, a front-facing guy. He's, like, one of, the, like, the main knights and everything. Everybody knows him because he's, like, Clorus Ancestor. So, yeah, that that seems like a fit. Yeah, he's got the power of charisma. He can really drive that. Yeah. Because you need that when you're the lead singer because you don't have anything else going on, really. Yeah. So you have to be able to stand there and, like, fall back during the solos and still look mm-hmm. pretty and not like you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Okay, so if we, okay, if, we, yeah, if, we have, if we have Willow on bass, Golden Loin on vocals, and, uh, grab my ring who's drums? Uh, uh, I believe we said Lake on drums. Yeah, Lake on drums. We have to have somebody from She-Ra as, uh, as guitarist, right? So we have one from each. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we still need a unless, lead guitar. Unless we want to put um, Raggedy Ann or somebody, or from someone from Hey Arnold on guitar, but I don't think so, because that was a one-off. <laughs> uh... Well, I mean, Raggedy Andy does play guitar in the episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, but also... I don't like, think I want him for no, it, but he no. does. Like, uh, let's see, Oshira characters, um... It's gotta be somebody big, right? I'm honestly thinking, like, Seahawk for that sort of role. Yeah, like... Because lead guitar is almost always big, bombastic, over-the-top. Yeah, like, it's, it's either maybe, like, maybe Scorpia, potentially? But also, I feel like Scorpio, I could, I could, I could also see, see Scorpion yeah. on drums, honestly. That's a fair point, also. I don't know. I think I like Lake on drums better. Yeah. Because, but... like, I don't think there's really necessarily, like, a lot of, like, uh, Infinity Train characters who would be a good fit for guitar, by contrast. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so may- maybe Seahawk is the right call there. As much as we, yeah, as much I'm, as we don't gonna... like Seahawk being a creepy, like, mid-30s-year-old, 18-year-old guy... <laughs> Again, he is just a child with a mustache. It's fine. But he looks um, like he's fucking ancient. 
<laughs> Again, it's like some. I'm still so convinced that somebody had entrapped his age and his age on a piece of separate paper, and it got switched around somehow. Because I don't see how entrapped is thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess for bonus points, uh, Amity absolutely plays the piano. There's no way she got out of that manner without some lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems like a she win. I think. Because I don't think I don't think Louise would that be uh, like the attention span for piano necessarily for her to be there. Yeah, also, I feel like she also, probably we, does play we, an instrument. If we want to go back to the suggestion one. I said, Arnold also does play the piano at times, so we could put <laughs> piano uh, Arnold in. <laughs> um, hmm, that. Off the top of my head is all the instrumentation that I remember in these shows, but I'm sure there's more I'm forgetting. So I think I'm pretty solid with our yeah. five piece. Like ensemble I mean, it's here. not like how like if we had covered Amphibia, where it's like, well, they're straight up a musical episode of Amphibia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we never had that in Shira, uh, Owl House, nor so far in this. Which I mean, I, actually, to be fair, we kind of did have we had the musical car, even if it wasn't any of the main characters doing the musical stuff and they were crashing it. This is true enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can uh, like have some of those guys coming in for like helping with the stage setup. With like the uh, we can get the we can get the spotlight guy in for like a day or so. <laughs> He's still alive. We uh, saw him. He he came back in the finale. Yeah, that's he why did, we had to retroactively yeah. reduce Simon's kill count. Yeah, he didn't get wheeled. He's still alive. Yeah, Simon, I believe, is the only character in our history who died more times than he killed people. <laughs> he has. <laughs> Well, that's that's from us, like, joking about, like, you would definitely die from this shit, rather than canonical deaths. <laughs> well, yes. Listen, I'm just saying, when you fall 30 feet and land on your neck, you're gonna yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, again, all those times that he was having to try to climb up on stuff, and it's like, you have mag boots, my guy, you can just use those. <laughs> and he doesn't do that all the time, and so he keeps falling to his death in ways. But yeah, no, I, I like the sound of that. Um, maybe we'll come up with other folks, maybe not, but either way, this seems like a pretty reliable uh, ensemble. Maybe maybe we'll, uh, re maybe maybe we'll retroactively figure out who we want to add to the band with whatever show we cover next. <laughs> like every every time we finish another uh, season of the show, essentially, it's like, okay, who from the show would be added to the band? Yes, indeed. And since we only got the one question this week, I'm going to dip into our Frakes takes. So we're only going to have one of these, because we got one question, so uh, one Frakes take. And our question this week, um, have you noticed what big stars real estate agents have become? I mean, that was kind of like a thing I remember from like, I mean, TV from like the like mid-2000s slash like 2010s kind of deal. Like all those like house flipper guys who were always kind of shits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's still a huge thing. Yeah, that's still a like... problem. They, they, <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, God, when was it? It was like, uh, it was, oh, it was when my mom was here back when, um, back in February, when, uh, I was dealing with the houses thing, where, like, there was just a time when she, like, had one of those shows on, as I was, like, coming out of the shower or something like that. And it was always, like, those kinds of, like, oh, we can either renovate your house or we can find you a brand new one. And it's like, I don't get the premise there, because, like, they do the renovations, and if they still go for the new house, like, don't they still have to, like, basically pay for those renovations anyway? I guess they make the money <laughs> back when they sell the house, because it looks nicer at times, but it's like... 
A lot of the times it also is like they took a house that actually has like character to it and they basically just whitewashed it entirely because it's just like a like it's just a modern house. It looks really boring kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that certainly is the uh the the way that industry works. Mm-hmm. The the worst case was like all the time that uh, she was like watching tiny house hunters and stuff like that where it's like, Why do they wanna live in one of these little things? <laughs> It seemed like a nightmare. It's always like people being like, oh yeah, we're married, we want to have a kid, and we also have a giant dog. And it's like, you don't have room for any of this here. <laughs> There's room for like one person at most with no pets here. You are a married couple, you're talking about wanting to have a kid in like a year, and you have a dog. This is the worst possible option for you to be in. <laughs> uh... yeah, I don't know. It's... I get that that's what HDTV just is. That's that channel in particular. Freaking nightmare. <laughs> I also found out from my recent visit, uh, freaking Weakest Link is still going on. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it, like, just died at some point and they brought it back or whatever, but it's, like, it's the same freaking show, it's the same lady doing the stuff, like, she's, it's still the same host, it's still her ridiculing people for getting questions wrong, which honestly just seems a bit rude. <laughs> I only realized that that's what it was uh, playing on the TV, because, like, there was a question about, like, which fantasy author helped write Elden Ring? And I'm like, George R. R. Martin. And then I look over well, and it's yes. like, wait, this is fucking Weakest Link. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, funnily enough, I believe we watched that exact same episode. <laughs> it, was on, it was on on Tuesday, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, because I remember that question was on there. But, like, uh, I also found, like, I also, while I was there, like, saw that other game show, The Wall, which is basically just Plinko. <laughs> like, we have Plinko at yeah, home. Yeah, but and evil, it's, though. It's trivia. <laughs> It's Plinko, but evil, though, is the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also just worse Plinko, because they don't let you actually, like, drop the disc in yourself from the top. It's just, like, it just releases some balls in there, and it's like, well, they're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it's, like, the, the, the whole thing is that, that there's a person behind the wall, basically, getting asked trivia questions. Mm-hmm. And if they get the answer right, then you get to drop more balls in the wall, so to speak. Oh, gotcha. And if they get it wrong, then those balls are actually negative. Oh. So you lose money for that. Jeez. But they don't tell the person behind the wall whether they're getting the questions right or not. <laughs> so... Yeah, fun. <laughs> I mean... And they also don't tell you because the person who's in front of the wall gets to choose... They, they pick beforehand mm-hmm. where the balls go, so they can double or triple down... And then, like, if you're behind the wall, you have no idea that's happening, so... <laughs> it's it's a mess. And then when you come out from behind, they give you one final thing where they're like, okay, based on the questions you answered, uh, here's an amount of money. Do you want this money or what was on the wall? It's very deal or no deal. Oof. So yeah. since they have told you nothing, you are basically just 50-50 guessing whether you got a bunch of money or Fun. none at all. Fun. It's evil Plinko, I tell like, you. Like I don't like I don't have cable or anything, and this wasn't even cable because again, this was on their like no, Amazon, that's network. It was on this like Amazon Fire thingy, so it was like basically just streaming that stuff as it was airing. But it's like every time that I've seen little bits of like whatever's on TV from like bits like that, or like the few hotel bits like in February and then back in August when I had my press augmentation and all, it's like every time I'm just like fucking the state of TV is just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's gonna get worse because oh, yeah. actor strike, yep. actor uh, strike, actor get, strike, get, actor get strike. ready for yeah. a bunch of uh, corporate bullshitters trying to push AI even more because they don't have people to actually write and draw stuff and animate. 
<laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. In any case, we should probably get to the trivia for this episode because I have a fucking ton. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, we didn't actually mention it, but Book Four's official title is Duet. Pretty self-explanatory since it's a pair of park passengers as the main characters in their musical history. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, the voice actors who voice the main trio are not all that. Well, I guess like the largest is Kez's voice actress, but like the others are kind of small. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, uh, Mingi is voiced by Johnny Young. It took me ages to actually find his IMDb because I kept thinking I was talking about Johnny Young Bosch. And I was like, no, I'm <laughs> not Bosch. Also, Young spelled the way Young is spelled, not without the U. Uh, but, yeah, he, basically his largest credits are he plays Crypto in Apex Legends. I don't remember Crypto as a character because that was before. Like, he got it after I stopped playing Apex. Uh, he's also King, which is all capitalized, as well as Zeke in Tower of Fantasy. Which came for like last year. I don't. I don't remember anything about it. And he never heard of it. He was also uh, <laughs> Ryu in Glitch Text, which I know was a show made by uh, a web comic artist, I believe, that we used to follow on Twitter and all. And that show got canceled, just like everything else. <laughs> I have seen the main character a couple of times, but that's yeah, all I, I know I, about. I think it. Ryu is a side character. I don't think he's part of the main cast or anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan is voiced by Sakai Murashige, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he played Kuma in Monster High, uh, younger hero Nakamura in Heroes. I guess there's like a flashback scene with him. Oh, yeah. And that, hmm. I, I was really kind of struggling for a third credit, but I saw that there's a funny one because he plays Brocifer in Romancelvania, which I guess is like a Metroidvania huh. game about dating. <laughs> Alright. I, I just found, like, Brocifer, like, Lucifer, but that's a bro to be a funny name. <laughs> and also, Romance Sylvania is also funny. <laughs> that's very good, yeah. yes. Uh, Kez is voiced by Minty Lewis, who she's not actually really a voice actress, but she created The Great North and was a writer on Centaurland and The Regular Show. So, oh, dang. Yeah, she's like the most well-known of the three of them, basically, just based on that. Uh, funnily enough, I kind of, like, some of the, uh, voice actors who play their parents are actually much larger. <laughs> uh, Mr. Park, who does not have a first name, is voiced by Steve Park, appropriately, who played <laughs> Salazar's assistant on Kindergarten Cop. I put that one down because it was funny that he played the character in Kindergarten Cop. Uh, Naturally. Mike Yanagita in Fargo, uh, Fuyu in Snowpiercer, and Tu, so spelled T-U, in Warrior. I... Don't exactly know Warrior, but I recognized it as a series, so that's why I put it in there. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I've heard most of those names, but never actually seen any of them, so... Yeah, I I've actually have seen Snowpiercer. I saw it once. Ever. But, like, I at least saw one of those. I think I saw some of Kindergarten <laughs> Cop. I definitely remember seeing the cover of Kindergarten Cop at the least. Never saw Park at <laughs> Uh Mrs. Park is voiced by Nikki Yang. She's a pretty pop, uh, well-known one, because she played Bimo and Lady Rainicorn on Adventure Time. Oh, well, yep. yeah. She's also Candy 2 in Gravity Falls, and Chloe's mom in We Bear Bears. I don't know who Chloe is in We Bear Bears, <laughs> I haven't seen We Bear Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Akagi is voiced by Tohuru Masamune, who played Shredder in the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Specifically the oh. live-action Shredder, not any other Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> but he's only that been. Dude rules. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he was also Doctor Matsumura in the Secret World of Alex Mack, <laughs> which I put because <laughs> fucking Alex Mack rules. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. He uh he was an unnamed security guard in Inception. I just put that because whatever. I, again, he kind of had like a like he's well known in some regards, but like his whole list of uh credits was actually kind of short, so that's why I put that there. And right. he's also the sword fight choreography consultant in Ghosts of uh, Tsushima, which I know people liked a lot. I didn't play that game because I didn't have a PS4 anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, uh, Mrs. Akagi doesn't have any voice credit in the show, but she is the only parent who's actually named because his, it, like her husband refers to her as Yui at some point during the beginning huh. part. Yeah, she just doesn't have any credit at all <laughs> like for any voice at all. I guess she doesn't say anything. But she's the only one that has a name. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who have a name, uh, the old guy who goes to the diner all the time is named Horus, and he is voiced by Keith Ferguson, who we covered last week during our episode on Nimona. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Now the really fucking big one. I think I've Uh-oh. I think okay. I've covered her before because I recognize someone here because she had some credits in Owl House, but I forget if we actually ever brought up those few characters because. All three of Ryan's exes are voiced by Carrie Walgren. Ah. Yeah, in relation to <laughs> Owl House, if I can find it on here, where the fuck? This is the large list. Uh, I'm just gonna Google. I'm just gonna search Owl House on this. <laughs> Give me a sec. Have you, uh, right, uh, let's see, nope, uh, right. Uh, yeah, she's the voices of Amber and Everwolf in Owl House. I don't remember if I ever brought up Amber's voice actress, though. I don't think so, I, no. I think those two got skipped, actually. I think, uh, Everwolf, I mean, I know Everwolf did, because Everwolf doesn't really, like, speak necessarily. Like, yeah. Like, he just makes they little... They just kind of grunt. Yeah. Like, I don't remember about Amber, though, and I was lazy to look at my notes, so... But all... Well, grunt and animal noises, but you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Carrie Walgren has a uh, fucking ton, so strap in. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm just gonna basically go through them a little bit quickly as best I can. Uh, Haruko, Haruhara, and Fulikuli... Kotoko and Chobits, Mika Asagi and Gungrave, Fu Kasuni and Ch- Samurai Champloon, don't watch that show, nor the reboot, the creator has sent a teleporn, he sucks. Uh, Anemona in An- 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 Anemona? An- I, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce the name, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Anemona in Eureka 7. Uh, a bunch of characters from Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and some in Boruto, I'm not gonna list them because there's too many. Uh, <laughs> Saya and Diva in Blood Plus. I put that there because I actually was a fan of Blood Plus as a teenager. Probably not great <laughs> in retrospect. Uh, Kagami Hiragi in Lucky Star. Saber in Fate Zero and all its other related media. Susie Johnson in Phineas and Ferb. Chandra uh, Jimenez, Priscilla Northwest and Polly in Gravity Falls. Leather Termon. Jimenez. Huh? Jimenez. The, Jimenez. The oh, like okay. Jimenez, yeah. I haven't seen Gravity Falls, so. Well, it's just Spanish. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Leather Termond in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Jessica and Rick and Morty and all other Rick and Morty sort of stuff. Janet and Wander over yonder. Muhimu uh, in The Lion Guard. If anybody remembers that weird uh, The Lion King spinoff where they have superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> There's good music in that show. From what I've heard, yeah. <laughs> I forgot The Lion Guard existed until I saw that. I don't like the show itself very much, but the music is good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Continuing on, uh, Mrs. Carmichael, Maggie, and Gabby in The Loud House. Was there a remake of Loud House, or was I thinking of Proud House? Uh, I 
The Loud House does not have a remake. It's okay. too new, but I believe there is a spin-off. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think, I think I'm... Casa Grandes, I believe? I think I might have been thinking of Proud House or Proud Family. I I, uh, Proud Family would be the other one, yes. Gotcha. As far as I know, there is yeah. no Proud House. Oh, okay, gotcha. We should be, though. I was trying to think if it, reminds, if it rhymes. Uh, Shannon and also many other minor characters on OKKO. Uh, minor characters like Roxanne, Beverly, Weber, Walters, and Anya and Clara Von Drake from DuckTales. Mrs. Frankie and Solar Opposites, uh, Baby Scrat and Ice Age Scrat Take, which is like a Disney Plus thing they're currently doing, because they don't have the rights to Scrat, I guess, in Ice Age. <laughs> uh, Marfa and Young Clark Kent in My Adventures of Superman, topical since it's just released. Hey. Uh, Mindy and Bolt, Patton Planes Fire and Rescue, which I put just because of you. Because <laughs> 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 I found it funny. Uh, Lucia Effects in Promare, Rain Sage and Tales of Symphonia. Febronia and Pellegri in Xenosaga 2 and 3, or Xenosaga episode 2 and 3. Lady in DMC 3, Ash in Final Fantasy 12, Kasumi and Nikki in, uh, uh, D- yeah, Dio, D- uh, wait, no, uh, what's the fucking Beach Volleyball, not Beach Volleyball, Extreme 2, uh, uh, DOA. DOA, I put DOW for some reason, yeah, DOA Extreme 2. Uh, it also, like, comes back as Kasumi in other games. Uh, John the Ark in that <laughs> PSV game, John the Ark. Uh, Ovelia in the Final Fantasy remake, War of the Lions. Uh, John, I think her name is, uh, pronounced as, and No More Heroes, or Team, I forget which one. Uh, Darth Phobos in Forest Unleashed, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Phosphora in Kingdom, in, not, not Kingdom Hearts, uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, Phosphora in that. Uh, Cave in Guild Wars 2, Courtney Collins in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and Aranea Highwind in Final Fantasy 15. Also worth noting that all the girlfriends dumped him out of Gas and Dogs, which is the same guest Chain of gas stations that Jesse mentioned. That led to our infamous Bucky's and No Kinnables discussion. <laughs> Just fun for that. So yeah, uh, um, a fucking long list. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A lot. And I skipped over a lot of them too. I just basically got the most big ones. And at a certain point I was like, I am not even done with the anime section. Because like, if you notice, I went like anime, TV, movies, and then video games basically in that order. Because that's how it was just organized in our wiki entry. <laughs> Right, but I have only a few other things here. Uh, Mingi's right. band name idea, Nevsky and the Prospects, is a reference to Nikolai Gogol's, I, I think that's how you pronounce his name, D-O-G-O-L. Uh, sounds right, yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, he has a short story called Nevsky Prospect, which the episode's writer Justin Michael had read in high school. He also noted that that book, basically, its themes fit Mingi and Ryan's characterizations, that was one person being romantic and the other being a realist, so that's why he kept that around. The other band named Chicken Choice Judy was inspired by a naming game created by a college friend of Lindsay Katai's, which he also used that name for a college improv team. So there you go. That's the reason for those two names. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah, there is, that, there's a reason to the names. <laughs> uh, Ryan's uh, split-screen outfits were inspired by old magazine and album covers of new wave musicians, taking inspiration from Duran Duran, Bruce Springsteen, David Bowie, and Rush. Which, you know, obviously you called out that he had the David Bowie lightning bolt or whatever on him during that, so. Yeah. Yeah, he had the other ones. Uh, I already brought up the book that Mr. Park reads. Uh, the scene between Amelia and one was meant to connect to the pro- pro- book five, as we've discussed before, but, yeah, got kind of canceled because it feels like Uh, the Dumpty's Canada map features none of it, which would not become its own independent territory until 1999 when it split from the Northwest Territories. Book four obviously takes place in 1985 as established, so. A little error. <laughs> Just funny. <laughs> uh, 
The Parker guys' evolution is just kind of loosely derived on human evolution, since, you know, they were once loped, thin fishes, and then eventually get out into apes, you know, come to people. Obviously, we don't Yeah, what about the part where they were rock Yeah, 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 you know, uh, the rock guys, the lemurs, the aliens, and the eyeball forms are all a bit up to interpretation. I was just taking what it said on the fucking wiki entry, so that it says it's loosely based on that. The other ones are up to interpretation. Yeah. And yeah, the last thing I have is that Owen Dennis confirmed that the gimmick of evolution in the iceberg car is native to the car itself in the Reddit AMA, so it's not affecting the rest of the train, it's just the car itself, and it's just in there for some reason. Well, okay. Ah, that was a that was a long list. <laughs> it certainly too, was too many big name voice actors for minor characters because they would be too expensive to keep around, and then they have so many credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ain't it fun though? Yeah. Um. Like yeah, it was yeah. fun for me to be like, oh, she's the voice of Rain. I played tons of Tales of Symphonia. Tales of Symphonia kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not in like a bad way, it's just kind of very, very tropey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate your going through all of that, but I think we're pretty much at the end stretch here, right? Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add, do you? No, nah, I think we're good. Fair enough. Then in that case, uh, you can find us on Twitter at usbeardoscast2, uh, because Twitter is a bad website. Uh, that's also why we're more focused on co-host these days, where we are at usbeardos. Um, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, and on co-host at nobody. And uh, several weekends a month on uh, twitch.tv slash the transverse where i do um like actual play rpg games which is a word that i forgot for a second <laughs> there <laughs> and uh also uh at uh, the transverse youtube page where i'm playing a marvel superhero adventure game in which uh i am <laughs> speaking of uh actress striking uh, that's all about the formation of a superheroes union. That's Vigilante's Union Local 13. <laughs> yep, I don't do anything like that, but I'm still just at underscore Oblivion on Twitter, and just Oblivion on co-host as well. I'm making more of an effort to actually post on co-host, because again, Twitter continues to be a fucking sinking ship. Especially when it comes to just, like, podcast, uh, Twitter there. Or not the podcast, Twitter, the pod... I guess it, I guess it's really just the... the podcast account on co-host. There's really no easy way to say that, really, I guess, compared to, like... Yeah, pretty much. Compared to, like, oh, the podcast, whether... Because people know, like, who they're just <laughs> the account, so... Unless... I mean, you can say the podcast co-host. I guess, yeah. We gotta find... Eventually, maybe co-host will have a more, like, uh, succinct uh, definition for that. We gotta design an egg bug for our show. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> who would we potentially have to hire and pay the Sign an egg bug. <laughs> would it would it just be egg bug edited to be like you know like the office lady egg bug or edge bug? Would it still be egg bug, but definitely like just like somewhat inspired by us slash the podcast, or would it basically just be like the egg bug equivalent of the podcast? No, honestly, I feel like our egg bug is a normal egg bug, but with like a 
transcolor vest on or something. <laughs> yeah, it it, it it just has like a lever vest and it has just two pins, one being the transcolor uh, flag and the other being the non-binary flag. <laughs> right, and maybe it's pink or something to indicate Nimona, but like. <laughs> I don't know. And then we have to, well, then yeah. if we're also taking stuff from the shows, then it's like, well, it also has to have Luce's hat, and then it would have to have Adora's sword. And at that point, this egg bug might be getting a little bit complex. Yeah, that's that's a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got also uh, somehow also perch Arnold's tiny little hat on top of Luce's hat too. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I, don't I guess think we have to. I do guess that I guess uh, I guess they would have Raggedy Ann slash Andy's hair. <laughs> It's got to get it all yeah. in there. I don't know. We just kind of dipped into those, though, so they're not, like, canonical True. series for us, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's like, oh, Arnold's, like, the special guest of the band, then, occasionally on the guitar or whatever. <laughs> <sighs> all right. It's like a, it's like a well, Rock uh, Band 3 had, like, oh, there's some songs that have guitar in there, but not all of them do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how... <laughs> <laughs> like how in Guitar Hero 4 just Johnny Cash shows up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that, at that point, like, people were already done with Guitar Hero, really. It's like, what is Guitar Hero doing anymore? They're doing whatever they need to to try to get attention. Cause, like, Says you, I have every single one of those. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I only ever had the first Guitar Hero. Might, I might have had two. I think I might have had two as oh, well. Oh, I loved those games. I mean, basically, like, once Rock Band uh, released, I jump shipped over the Rock Bands. And I think I only ever... No, listen. I, I have all of them. <laughs> even Including all the Rock Bands, too? Uh-huh. Do you have Lego Rock Bands? Uh-huh. Do you have Beatles? Yep. Oh, the, do you have, like, the newer uh, Rock Band? Wasn't it just Rock Band 4? <laughs> I believe there's a 5, isn't there? Uh, I don't think it's not the 4. I'm, I'm looking it up now to see Rock Band. Uh... Let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the Green yeah. Day one, and yeah. I've got the country music yeah, one, and yeah, it's Rock Band, Rock Band Two, Beatles, Lego, Unplugged, Mobile, mm -hmm. or Mobile. I don't think Unplugged and Mobile and Rock Band iOS really count because they're just mobile game sounds. Was oh wait no, wasn't Unplugged? Oh, it was a game for the PSP apparently, huh? Weird. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of the Guitar Hero had like a DS game where you had like the guitar attachment that plugs in. That was stupid. <laughs> yes, I do definitely have that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, then there was Rock Band 3, then Green Day. I forgot about Green Day Rock Band. Then Rock Band Reloaded, which mm -hmm. that was another iOS game. Rock Band Blitz, which was apparently an Xbox Live and PlayStation Network game. Not like an actual full release. Then Rock Band 4 was 2015, and Rock Band VR was the most recent in 2017. Ah, oh, the VR one is so good. It is unbelievably good. That might be my favorite of them. Yeah, I, ha I had no fucking idea Rock Band VR was a thing. <laughs> like, I, rem I remember um, Rock Band 5, when they did Rock Band 4, and I feel like most people were like, yeah, Rock Band 4 was, like, kind of... I think by that point it was just because the rock, like, the plastic instrument craze is, like, just, like, fully died, so it's like Rock Band 4 didn't get much attention. That is honestly my biggest complaint about the series is just the peripherals. Like, yeah, it got a, if it I got had a bit one much. set that worked for whatever console, then I would still be playing those all the time. But the fact that I've still got the friggin' Xbox 360 and Wii guitars that I can't use anymore is like, yeah. I like, when did they like make like attachments or something like that to basically make them all compatible across consoles or something? I have three plastic drum sets in my closet. Okay, okay? never mind. Maybe not. <laughs> did you, I have to ask: Did you leave those at home, or did you bring those shows with you to Canada? Yeah, no, I left those at okay. home. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like, 
Like you being like, all right, mom and dad, I got everything packed. I got the essentials in my car ready to go. And it's just all your rock band sets, no clothes, <laughs> no computer, nothing, <laughs> just that. And it's like, uh, Pat, you might, you might have to reevaluate what's important. <laughs> I talk about, I need all of these to play all the different versions of rock band and guitar hero. Yeah, and all I'd have to do is take my Xbox 360 and my Wii and my DS and... And your PSP and, and your <sighs> PS4 or whatever one you had for Rock Band, basically, at that point. Uh, It would have to be... I started on the PS2, but I think they moved to the 3 when they did some of the later games, so... Yeah. Definitely not compatible with the 5, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's always just so weird looking back at all that nonsense stuff where it's like, yeah, like 2007 is like when Rock Band released, and it's like they had so many game released in just like the first three years, and then it's like, yep, it's cratered already because we fucking oversaturated. Uh, yep. Well, Guitar Hero I think was like a little bit sooner, I think. I want to see, I want to see Guitar Hero now. Where's the game list? Uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, Guitar Hero. Oh no, this is doing game ranking. Oh, here we go. Guitar Hero, starting in 2005. Yeah, Guitar Hero 2, 3, Legends of Rock, Encore, Rock the 80s. I guess it was just the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like World Tour, which is basically, again, they were like, hey, Rock Band stole our lunch, we're trying to do that now. <laughs> that's what the thing it. about Guitar Hero Rocks the 80s is that Trogdor is in it, and that's definitely not an 80s. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> that's a freaking Strong Band thing. That thing. That's not in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, after World Tour was Aerosmith, then On Tour was... Oh, yeah, on, Aerosmith on, was so bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, On Tour was DS1. On Tour Decades and getting more DS. Uh, Metallica... Oh, got both of them, I assure you. Oh, boy. Metallica, Smash Hits, Guitar Hero 5. They didn't have Guitar Hero 4! <laughs> yeah, they did. No, they don't! I, it's Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 2, 3, Encore... Unless that was, like, Guitar Hero 4. World Tour is Guitar Hero 4. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I forgot that that was, like, unofficially Guitar Hero 4. It doesn't have four in it, it just says World Tour. Yeah. The, the point is, they didn't have one numbered four, so that's why I was like, what the fuck? And then for some reason, they include DJ Hero, Band Hero, and DJ Hero 2 in this as Guitar Hero. I guess because they're all just the same, cut from the same cloth by the same company and all, so. I will I admit, I do not have those. Yeah. I don't even know. But I definitely did get the one that's Guitar Hero Smash Hits, which is a revamp of the most popular tracks from the earlier games. <laughs> Sold again. <laughs> oh yeah, and then after that they had Van Halen, On Tour, Modern Hits, which is kind of... Wait, that was a DS... Okay, that was a DS game in 2010. Okay, that was before the 3DS. The 3DS was the next year, mm-hmm. I think. Warriors of Rock, and then DJ Hero 2, and then it died. Yeah. <sighs> Warriors of Rock was really cool. I'm sad we didn't get any follow-up on that, because there was some very neat stuff in there. Well, again, it's like, all those were between 2005 and 2010. That's way uh-huh. too many. <laughs> That's so <laughs> much plastic instrument bullshit for five years. And this is coming from the company who also would, like, basically right after that, do all the Toys to Life stuff with Skylanders, which they also did too much of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, just just a really <laughs> kind of dumb like decade of time, more or less, of like the 2005 to like late 2010 or early 2010 kind of deal with like all this stuff, and then they immediately go into like amiibo shit, basically, where it's like <laughs> of all those, only amiibo kind of continue, and even then they really don't even make many amiibos anymore. 
Like, they're still just mostly making, like, the Smash ones and, like, a few outliers where they're like, yeah, we're gonna make one of Noah and Neo from Xenoblade 3 well over a year after that game released. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Not that yeah. I can complain, because um, I want to get one of Noah and Neo. I still haven't been able to find the Pyra and Mithra. They released in a week, and I haven't found the pre-order anywhere, and I'm darn me nuts. <laughs> mostly because I, <laughs> I just want to have the Xenoblade ones. Good series. I got Okay, um... Well, I think we should probably go. Yeah, maybe. On account yeah. of we said we were going to yeah, go. Yeah, we said and we, 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 we said we were going to go, and then we talked about Rock Band and Guitar Hero. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I think people listening to this show know by now if I'm into something, I am all in. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there's oh, ever a point where one of us visits the other, if you come here, I expect you to bring a bunch of Guitar Hero or Rock Band. <laughs> so basically. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah, it'd be impossible. I mean, just let me know what systems you've got. I, none. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Switch and my PC, and that's it. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I still got the Wii. Uh, uh, to be fair, I do I, I do technically have my Wii. It's with my mom, though. It's in Pennsylvania, so it's possible for me to get my Wii. Not... I don't have a 360, so we couldn't do those ones. But Wait, wait, yeah, wait. You, okay, oh, wait, hang on. One. You don't have the console that can be played on, but you still have the game? <laughs> That is correct, yes. Why do you not get rid of it? <laughs> Why would I get rid of when it? I, when I it's moved, a good game. I want to play it When I again. moved out of like one apartment in Illinois to the other, I still had like a fucking like, rock band set. And I was like, is it worth it really hauling this? No, not really. Would it be fun to throw it in the dumpster? Yeah, kind of. So I threw it in the dumpster and I haven't looked back. <laughs> I think the primary difference between us is that I like to hold on to things because I might use them again, and also I have uh, my parents' house where I can safely leave stuff without it getting disappeared. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, again, I know my Wii is still there. I saw it in person. <laughs> it's, they still have Wii Sports, Wii Fit, and Mario Kart Wii. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so someday, when I eventually get around to buying a functioning 360 again, I will be able to play that game again. <laughs> and, and then what happens when 360 red rings like a week after you get it <laughs> I mean that's what happened to the last one so <laughs> wait is is the Xbox series uh, whatever is that backwards battle of 360 games uh, I don't think the current one is maybe the last one the, the one I don't know Let's see, uh, it's always a little weird with the band games because they have to be backwards compatible with the controllers. Also, you see, yeah, like that's the thing. Like Xbox hasn't really changed the controller at all. <laughs> uh, let's see, Xbox One backwards compatibility is free and allows you to play through select Xbox 360 and the original Xbox games you already own on Xbox One. Okay, so you have to own an Xbox One version of it. Okay, well, hmm, hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, well, uh, anyway, with that out of the way, I think there's probably not much left to say, but remember, us weirdos have to stick together. together. I fucking fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was like along the signs of zero did nothing wrong, so I was going after. I fucked it up. <laughs> I think it's the first time I messed it up. <laughs> eh, it happens to everyone. Yeah, it'll happen eventually, and it'll happen again at some point. <laughs> A day may come when the courage of men fails when we Shut forsake up. our friends and break all the bonds of fellowship, <laughs> but it is not this day. <laughs> An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down, but it is not this day. I'm, I'm just now imagining Aragorn ending this speech with like, this day we podcast! <laughs> As he's holding up a microphone instead of a sword. <laughs> uh, Alright, bye. Bye.